Welcome back, everybody, to the Barony of Olives. Uh, we're going to jump right into our game tonight. We don't have too many announcements. We want to get to our episode two pretty eagerly. So before we do that, though, uh, welcome back. This is our second episode. Um, Streampunk's giant diving into uh, Changeling the Dreaming. We're very excited. Thank you so much for everybody who tuned into our first episode, and we hope you enjoy this one. Uh, do we have any announcements from you folks before we jump into tonight's story? Yes, Eliza. Yes, Adriana and I are both going to be at GaryCon. I'm going to be virtual. And Adriana? I will be there in person. Uh, Yay! Yay. um, I'm running three games. And one of them has two seats left, but the others are full. And there's wait lists. What? Oh, snap. I feel special. Uh, (laughs) So um, if you want to play with me and you're going to do the virtual... Uh, go get a pass, and uh, there's one D&D game that I'm running that still has a couple seats left. But yeah, that's it. You want to play with Elisa. She's amazing. You want to play with her. She's true. You want to be in an underwater party. That's Ugh. what we're doing. Underwater d and I'm tackling it. Before Ugh. I even knew Call of the Nether Deep was coming out, <laughs> I've been working on this thing, so I'm very excited for Call of the Nether Deep, too. So, yeah. <laughs> play all the right things. On. Mm-hmm. Um, as you've seen, we are down uh, both Bonnie and Gina tonight. They will be back next week. We'll have our full party finally next week. The whole the whole Motley will be here next week. Uh, so um, stay tuned for that. And any other announcements then before we jump into? To, yes, I see. I, I see some some anticipation going on. Yes, Sam Bluff. We have an Adriana. <laughs> we have an Adriana. This and tonight we get a meter. Yeah. And play jazz like over there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and begin tonight's story of the Barony of Olives. back let's go ahead and dive in to the small city of point Casada, located in south central coastline of california also known as the kingdom of pacifica here in the world of darkness in changeling society everything from washington oregon and california the entire coastline the east coastline of the united states is the kingdom of pacifica home to the changelings of this side of the country who live here um Tonight, of course, though, we focus on that small city that the mortals of this realm know as Point Cassida 
to you all. This is the Barony of Olives. And it's been a very eventful few weeks for all of you. Um, particularly, particularly for you, Gera. But we'll get to that in just a moment. Because the seining ceremony has happened and the introductions into the court has happened. And now we have ourselves a holly and we have ourselves a skida. The motley is formed, though it's still been a ragtag and a bit loose. Having formed a motley, no one really told y'all how this works. What are you supposed to do now? I mean, sure, you're all a collection of changelings and it's good to have friends, but are you expected to attend like meetings or is there like a movie night? Like, how does this work exactly? How does the Motley hang out? Like, you guys also have your lives. And even though all changelings are welcome at the Freehold, at all times, you can head over to the Freehold. But, you know, there's a coffee shop you meet up at, but there's a question that kind of lingers in the air, like, what does it mean to be in a motley? Specifically, is it just a formal recognition that we're all best buds? These are the questions that have been kicked around a whole lot. And one of the things that's helped move the uneasiness from sort of that sort of nervous self-conscious energy of like, okay, so we're a motley. One of the things that's helped move that away is the focus that's being put on Holly who is the newest member of the Barony of Olives and quite the talk of the town. The changelings of the Barony all seem to be somewhat, let's say unsubtle, and how often they look for an excuse to have a conversation with the merfolk who has come to land. And a lot of your hideouts and haunts that you have particularly enjoyed, Skeeta, including your coffee shop over at Sal's, has been invaded by Kithian like yourself who have just decided to come in and try to start small talk and ask a lot of questions about what it's like living underwater. And uh, can you talk to fish? And have you seen Finding Nemo yet? Because I think you're going to like it. Like uh, ridiculous things. It's like the new kid in school where everyone this week is really all about the new kid. This week, it's a status thing getting to know the new kid. And it's been a little overwhelming, Holly, because everything is new to you. Everything is new to you. You are encountering the Kithian for the very first time outside of your realm. You've heard of the changelings that live on land. But now you've seen a troll the big, mighty trolls that walk around. You've seen the hospitable boggins that are very engaging and sociable. You've gotten to meet a few redcaps that have uh, attitude, is to put it nicely, and teeth and jaws that are very similar to things that you see swimming around in the ocean, but on people. And the more you get to know some of the changelings around here, what you get a sense of is, is they're just as varied and diverse as any ocean life all coming with their own unique things that they are bringing forth to the barony. It's a lot, though, because it's not just the changelings you're starting to have to adapt to. It's cars and stoplights and radios and ice cream and movie theaters. 
volleyballs. What is this realm? You are dazzled. <laughs> and to make things even more interesting, it's very difficult not to play with your chair. This thing is awesome. <laughs> and you also notice that it's helped you move around on land much more efficiently than these bipedal creatures that um, you've seen at least one person trip off of a curb. And there's this sort of sense of like, but why doesn't everyone use this? Like, there's a bit of a sense of uh, absurdity in, in how people move. You get to swim around, basically. It feels very similar to the way you move through the water. Um, all of this is to say is that you have been nonstop struck with stimuli again and again and again and again and again. After some conversations with your motley, you found a day during the week where you've visited, you're coming up on land to visit again. And it's a day when everyone is pretty much preoccupied, save for Skeeta, who actually has some time. It's an excellent opportunity to just engage one at a time and maybe ask some questions and have a more personal conversation with one of the changelings that you are to get closer to, who's a member of your motley. Plus, of all of the members of your kith, Skeeta seems to be the one that has her finger on the pulse of what goes on in the world. Like, she seems a little savvy to how mortals like to act and how to deal with them. Whereas Ashling is a little standoffish, but not in a negative way, just doesn't like to engage if she doesn't have to. And you're not sure what Ruby's deal is, but everything is goofy around Ruby for some reason. And your Ruby says she knows exactly what's going on. She and knows. I should listen to her. Yes. Ruby's made some pretty in fact, uh Ruby has told you some pretty fantastic things that uh you are gonna have to follow up on. Uh you had no idea so many things were were true about land life, and that Ruby is as big of a deal as Ruby is. Like it just keeps piling on and it's piling amazing. on and piling on. Um, I'll leave it to Skeeta whether or not Skeeta has kind of clued. Holly in on whether or not uh, Ruby has been less than forthcoming with uh, how they interact. But we're going to begin today off. And this is something I want to work out with you, Sam. So we know that Holly has a secret place. We'll say that. So let's work out the, this is one of the things that you and I talked about when we were coming up with Holly is the emergence from your secret place to engaging with the folk of the land. There are some logistical questions. That's, yes, there are. <laughs> Where do I um, park? What's that? Where do I park? Yes, exactly. We're trying to figure out the very much the, the, the back to the future question of where you stash the DeLorean when you've got to engage with the, the, this the came town. Up with me when mm -hmm. I have, Jumped in the ocean. Where do you park? Mm. Where do yes. you park? Um, so, thankfully, the Barony of Olives is a town that takes these things into account, particularly because uh, for three months out of the year, there is Paralympic training that happens in this town. And a lot of the times, particularly on the beach and in the city pool, there is accessibility where you don't normally find it. So... 
aside from walkways that actually lead throughout the treacherous thing called sand and that can be found <laughs> that can be found on the beach um i'm curious if, if, if i would love to know where you like what do you have in mind for this well i did think a little about it and holly narrative notwithstanding and they're trying very hard they're trying very hard they're trying very very hard yes yes Holly notwithstanding comes from a certain um certain sort of background mm -hmm. where they would be inclined to prevail upon offers uh, because the baron offered the use of their balefire and of that space i think that is where they would like to take their parking spot that is perfect the status their swim up Yes, that would be perfect. So in which case, as per request of the Baron, every morning that you decide to emerge from the Pacific Ocean uh, and emerge to Point Reed, where the, free, the, the name of the Freehold, always waiting for you is Sir Agalia at Scatha. Sir, Sir Agalia, she waits with your approach with anticipation. She has been very, very reserved every time you have emerged from the ocean and have pulled yourself up onto the dock. She has had your device waiting for you, as well as a certain knocker who is ready to take you ashore on his boat. You're still trying to get used to him, but you were assured that this is how knockers talk. Um, knockers are very unusual and that they tend to be incredibly foul-mouthed and, and somewhat irritable towards everyone. Almost out which especially... words are the bad ones yet. What's that? I haven't worked out which words are the bad ones yet. Yeah. Well, Sir Galia has tried to fill you in as best as possible, but you can tell that she is somewhat reserved. The troll seems to be a very much a, a someone who is exudes an enormous amount of respect for even those they do not like. In other words, they carry themselves with honor. That much is apparent to you. And she has kind of tipped you off a little bit, but not through actual word. It seems like Sir Agalia, every time it's come up in conversation in the past week and a half, Sir Agalia will just do little things that you've picked up on. For example, make sort of an odd groaning noise when you mention the name of Redcaps. And then will say something along the lines of, yes, they are um, an important member of the barony, and they can be challenging and she'll let that linger in the air for a moment and then she'll say it is in their nature and we welcome them they are our kin and they can be challenging and she'll let that linger in the air for a moment and then she'll say but challenge makes us into better people and they try very hard to make me into the best knight that i can be and she kind of leaves it at that <laughs> um but everything you've gotten from her so far, Holly, is that the knight who calls herself the right hand of the Baron, she is someone who, despite her frustrations with some of the Kithian that live here, has a deep, almost endearing well of admiration and protection, like protectiveness to all of the changelings of the Barony, even the ones that she doesn't like. So there is a sense, even when she's talking about the red caps, you get the sense from her irritation that there is still like a mother's love. There is still this sense of like, 
Ah, yes, my problem child. Oh, I hope I see them tonight, that bastard. Kind of mentality that she has. And she has availed herself to you whenever uh, by order of the Baron, because she is one of the very few people that know the truth of your circumstance. Um, she has availed herself to you at all times and has told you that um, by order of the Baron that she is at your service and that it is a part of her oath as a troll and a knight and a servant of the Baron to ensure your safety and to make sure that you acclimate and absorb everything you need to. We're going to start today's game off. It's been a week and a half, and this is all the information that has been dumped on your head since that first night in the Freehold where you were introduced to the Barony. And you are just now moving up the ramp onto the dock and seeing about 40 feet away or so, Skeeta is here waiting for you just as the two of you planned. Today is a day with just Skeeta. The two of you are going to be able to just hang out and get to know each other, and hopefully you'll have more days like this with the others. But for now, it's Skeeta Day. And Lord Amar, who behind you says, Have a good day, fish kid. Thank you, my lord. <clears throat> And he steps back down and just kind of tips his hat a little bit and starts humming as he starts kicking the side of the boat as the engine goes, sputters water and begins to pull away from the dock. It's very strange seeing them from the other side. Boats? Yeah. I... <laughs> the or boat. knockers. But not a lot of knockers go in the water. Oh, I see what you mean. The other side. Oh, yes. There's a whole world of boat above the water. Most of it. Right. Thank you for um, hanging out today. It is my absolute pleasure, Your Majesty. <laughs> Skeeta does another, <laughs> she just dissolves into giggles at the end of her deep curtsy. I'm sorry, I've just been wanting to say that this whole time. <laughs> it's not like that, it's not, we're, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to be quiet. I know, I know. People will think I'm just kidding. Okay. I have a question for the both of you. Yes? We see Holly as we have seen Holly here in our overlay, just like we see Skeeta, the Pisky, and the Merfolk. But what does the Autumn World see from Holly? Hmm. Uh, Holly definitely has silvery wavy hair, not fins, and chunky auburn streaks through it, not strikes. They definitely have shiny reflective leggings with the shape of scales. The tail, they definitely have a sheer iridescent top. Are not a mermaid. Not 
that's ridiculous. Hmm. <laughs> yes. All right. So out of curiosity then, if we could, because we are still getting to know her, what does the autumn world see when they see Skeeta? Yes. Good question. Skeeta is a caramel-skinned Black Latina woman. She looks like me. She has actually a little bit more of an angular bob to her short blonde locks. Mm -hmm. Maybe like really chin length, truly chin length. She, since this is her day off, she's wearing what you might call sport leisure. I don't know if it's called that. I don't know. Uh, but I imagine it's like what Italian business soccer moms wear. So she's wearing like a little short sleeve tur mock turtleneck that's all white. Mm -hmm. And then it's also like a little bit of like Kerry Washington and Scandal. So she has like these like track pants that are probably all white. Let's just make it all white. And then very posh, cute running shoes that she's not going to run in. But you clearly look like a woman who has some money on her. Yeah, she looks like really put together mm -hmm. in the autumn world as well as in the Fey world. But she looks it's more true. like a business soccer mom in the, in the right. autumn world. The two of you make your way down the dock with a whole day ahead of you. Uh, this is going to be an interesting little adventure because for all the things that have been flooded upon poor Holly ever since they got here to the barony, today's the day where they're actually going to be able to experience some of it as opposed to just getting it flooding towards them at all times. Exactly. The overstimulation. Uh, your first day ever at Comic-Con. Just, ah, it's just so much. Uh, you're actually going, think of this as a day where you actually get to go to a panel <laughs> and talk to somebody. <laughs> um, you're actually going to get to experience a little bit of this in a slower, more absorbing way. And the two of you make your way down the dock, unaware that about six miles away on the outskirts of the Barony of Olives, there is a very beautiful campus with two Victorian-styled looking manors. Two buildings, one being a very large, um, I would say clearly owned by a very wealthy either benefactor or company, a four-story mansion that stretches uh, <laughs> I would say it's a compound more than anything else made out of the beauty of sort of like that, that late Victorian aesthetic, though looking quite new. The, <laughs> the, um, the impulse of the rich here in California to build something that looks completely out of place that probably should be somewhere in Europe. Uh, this, That's a word. Yeah. This is an unfortunate thing that happens here quite often. Um, mm -hmm. This campus, as it were, is currently filled with a collection of new students in their early to mid-20s. Some of them some of them young enough to be in the, just now leaving their teens, 18, 19 years old. And at about this point, pulling up to this congregation that has started to gather around this large swath of people, these autumn people talking to each other, all of these uh, mortals having conversations about what's happening next. We see driving up to this, uh, this long soft gravel driveway is a black Rolls Royce. 
2017 Rolls Royce comes rolling in um, the car that picked her up from the airport and is now dropping her off. And the reflection of the name of the Institute reflecting into the glossy black doors of this Rolls Royce, the words Imogen Gale's College of Etiquette. As it comes to a stop, the driver emerges from this, uh, his driver's side, goes to the back after the trunk is popped, and opens the door for you. Gera, you're finally getting a whiff of the sea air here in the Barony of Olives. Ah, thank, thank you very much. Um, Gets your bags, sets them down next to you. Very appreciated. Um, so, uh, I suppose this is it. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, and from what I understand, and he goes into his suit and says, I'm to give you this. It's going to help uh, set you, get, get you started. And he hands it over to you, a little pamphlet of like a welcoming pamphlet that shows uh, orientation day today. Right. So. Well, thank you. <clears throat> thank you very much. Ma'am. And without another word, the driver heads back to the driver's seat, closes his door as he gets inside and starts up the engine once more. She just glances at this overbearing school and just heaves a deep sigh. <sighs> Four stories is ridiculous. It, it, the idea of uh, of something that looks Victorian having more than two floors is absurd unless it's going to be a small palace. It looks like whoever designed this place got a taste of what a good four-story mansion might look like and decided to throw the Victorian at it. Being from the place where the Victorian era comes from, you can't help but take a snapshot in your mind that this is just another American imitation of probably what some rich bastard saw in a movie. Meanwhile, the students that are gathered in the courtyard that are swarming around and giggling and talking to one another all seem quite thrilled at how beautiful this landscape is. And Gera, just from looking at each and every one of them, you don't feel that far from home. This place is filled with the privileged and the rich. Right then, uh, she just grabs her stuff and shoes away any any people trying to assist her. And she's like, no, no, I got this. I got this. Thank you so much. Um, right this yep. way, correct? A few people kind of guide you over to the orientation area where you see a couple of staff members talking to people, but a small uh, gathering of like chairs has been set up and a, and a like a, just a slight incline where you can see a microphone stand has been placed up for orientation. There's a couple of people on stage. Um, and that is when you get your first glance at the Dean, Everett Kane, 65-year-old man who looks like every other 65-year-old rich white dude. He is, uh, he's wearing the suit. He has thinning, uh, well, just immaculate, combed gray, almost platinum white hair. Um, Definitely looks like he's used to people doing exactly what he tells them to do. The staff is all kind of lining up at the side and he's going through some papers. He's saying something, but go ahead. Let's do this. Let's have you roll. 
I'm going to have you roll your first roll of the game, Gira. Yes, okay. So I'm going to have you roll perception plus empathy. Mm, okay. Um, so add up those dots into the dice. You're going to roll those 10-sided dice, and you want six or higher on those dice. And for every die you get that six or higher, that's a success. Cool. So perception and empathy. Mm-hmm. All right. So add all the dots together. Mm-hmm. That, though each dot represents a D10 you're going to roll. All right. Oh boy. Let me double check a stat real quick. Mm-hmm. Seems. All right. Here we go. Oh my god. How many successes did you get? Oh my god. This is either very good or very bad. I know. I literally got one success. Is that good? Did you roll any ones? Oh, actually, I did roll a one. Then you got zero successes. (laughs) 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 Ones eat successes. So um, thankfully, though, that because you rolled a success, you didn't botch. But the impression you get from looking at this guy, Gita, is you as you kind of examine, kind of like squint your eyes, kind of eyeball him for a second. Um, he's hard to read. You don't know how to feel about him. Mm. He's just a little difficult to read. But he takes to the microphone and just does this. Doesn't doesn't call out. Just does this. Like he expects everyone to be watching him and to calm and quiet down. And Gita, unfortunately, to your dismay, everyone does. <laughs> Everyone immediately starts growing quiet as he does this. And he goes, A formal orientation will be taking place this evening. In the meantime, I just wanted to take this moment to welcome everyone here. And as he continues to drone on Gira, you're gazing at him for a moment. And there's this sense of... It's difficult to describe. It almost feels like you're standing close to a window that has cold air blowing by. You're not being touched by the cold air, but it's enough to know that the temperature drops. It's kind of this feeling of like, as you're listening to him talk, it takes you a moment. You're still getting used to this. You're a chloricon, but you're still kind of getting into the, into the feel of things. And looking around, you don't see any trace of the dreaming around here, and it starts to dawn on you. Slowly, as these kids are all listening, these people your age, stone-faced, everyone just kind of looking straight forward and listening to him talk, gaze back at him and begin to realize that sort of cool feel. It's not so much like a cold wind, but it's sort of like an absence of, and it starts to sink in. This dude is swimming in banality. He is a complete detach you feel like just looking at him this guy has a banality rating that's up there he is probably the most rigid squasher of dreams 
it's enough to make your skin crawl a little bit. And even though you weren't able to get a sense empathically of who he is, it sets the uneasiness being a changeling around somebody who just so is distant from the dreaming the way this man is. It's enough to cause mild discomfort just listening to him talk. Um, indeed, it would almost seem like the autumn world is a little more pronounced around him. Colors quite aren't quite as bright as they are to you around him. Um, things seem a little more boring and drab. They don't seem, they seem a little more monotone. He's just going through the motions as he just belts out these words on the paper. Not even sure he gives a damn about what he's saying. It almost seems passionless. It's off-putting, to say the least. And this is the dean at this place. She mutters under her breath, I've got to get out of here. Do we cut to people being led to their dorm rooms? The dorm rooms are in an immaculate building, same as the university itself, the university. It's a college for etiquette. You're not entirely sure what kind of people you're going to find here in the United States that are taking this college before they move on. You're not sure. But you've managed to catch a little bit of some of the conversations that are happening around you. Children whose parents are diplomats, uh, just rich people who are planning on going to law school but are going here first. For what reason? You're not sure. Uh, but various people who are interested in being dignitaries or who are interested in being... Um, uh, some of you, what you do find is like there are some people here that are, are coming to the school to learn etiquette because they plan on being like an off uh, uh, like an officer in a corporation that actually uh, specializes in ASL and wants to learn uh, office etiquette as well as everything else to be able to communicate properly. There are some noble reasons to be here. Um, there are some people here that uh, clearly, and maybe this is maybe I'll leave it to you, Adriana, to tell me if this is Gera's people or not. But there are some people here that are clearly just blowing off their parents and are just like getting away with murder they're they're just swiping parents money and coming up with excuses to not have to go to college they're ducking it they're blowing off their parents they're blowing off their responsibilities and they're like i'll go to etiquette school because you're getting a lot of conversations of people who are absolutely planning on fucking around um you've already heard some of the whispers that etiquette school is gonna be fun you're led to your room Going inside the room, it is obnoxiously large. You have your own kitchen. You have a bedroom and a, and a common area. This is not a typical dorm room for kids, that's for damn sure, or anybody your age. This is rich folk. You're kind of looking around, four-post bed, nice silk sheets, like big black curtains on the walls. Everything is very nice and pretty here. Um, and, oh, I may have forgotten to mention, there is what looks like a goblin with his feet kicked up on the coffee table, smoking a cigar and flipping through a, uh, a housing magazine 
as you enter and close the door. Deep, deep green skin and gold, brilliant gold eyes. And he's just muttering to himself, like, I would never fucking choose those curtains. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> oh, why would you put designs on that? That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. And stands up and says, ha, 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 ha. you're here. Um, hello. Uh, welcome, welcome. Um, yes. Uh, maybe close the door <laughs> if you, right. so we can, we can start. Okay. <laughs> All right. And yeah, just close the door. Yeah. Places um, your bags down like in a heap, just, and they're very heavy and some really loud metallic jingles from one of the big duffel bags. Just okay. never mind that. Um, so what was so funny? <laughs> Oh, he just holds up a, a, a like it looks like an old issue of Good Housekeeping, and he just goes, "It's just humans are so in love with pastels." And he just tosses it aside, and he goes, "It's disgusting. You need vibrancy, you know, you know, shock colors. You need to be like, you need a purple that kicks you in the balls the moment you walk in the door. None of this, like, anyway, forget it. It's a personal thing of mine. Forget it." Forget it. I like interior design. It tastes well, better. Teach their own. <clears throat> tastes better than typical design. You know, exterior design is usually woody. It's got brick, and you get your woods and whatnot. But interior design, <laughs> I don't know about you, Chloricon. And he stands up on the table and just says, "But you haven't lived until you have had a nice mouthful of some velvet curtains. You know what I'm saying? Like the thick kind, the kind that's got dust on it." You can breathe it out of your nose like you're an angry dragon. Just comes out like puffs. It's the best fucking thing. I will have to pass on that, but uh, I'll be sure to hold some for you if I ever come across them. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm here on behalf of the Baron. I knew you were coming in today. Didn't want to make any fuss, so sent me. And I've been waiting here for you ever since. And uh, please don't. Make once I do him this favor, I don't have to do any more. So I just got to make sure you get to Point Read sometime tonight. So if you want to go, I can arrange that. Please, yes. Uh, let's yep. go ASAP. <laughs> oh, right uh, now. The sooner the better. All right. I, yeah, I guess we could go now. I mean, if it means getting out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's just that I just I noticed that you're not the only one that has curtains on this floor. And if, if you don't mind sticking around a little longer, I don't think they're going to be here too much. Longer. Everyone's going to go somewhere else in a minute. You know, it, uh, I won't be long. They won't miss them. <sighs> They use them anyway. Do that. <laughs> They're in their twenties. They like to be naked. They're a bunch of college kids. Just let me. You know, no one's gonna. No one's gonna care if they see you through their windows. Just let me eat the curtains. That's all just, I'm saying. You have my full permission to eat all of the curtains in this god's forsaken place. Just please. I'm holding you. I'm holding get me you out of here. There. All right. Get me all out right. of there. I, I, follow I, me. I, follow I, me. I follow go. me. Yeah. 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 Follow me. And he hops I'm over the back of the sofa and disappears. Um, you just see that shock of red hair on the top of his head. It it looks like it's a hairpiece. So it's all like lopped onto one side of his head. And when he jumps down, it all just kind of flies up like a sail in the wind and just collapses, slaps it back down onto his forehead. 
And he moves over to the windows and he manages to pull aside the curtain and look out and goes, all right, I'm going to go outside, go across the courtyard, signal our ride. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> uh, just be ready to jump off this balcony. So just wait, uh, where, how, mm. How uh, high exactly is this? What le- what floor am I on? It's probably a forty-five foot drop from where you are right now. That's definitely going to be a f- that's definitely a trip to the hospital if you take that jump. That's going to be yeah. that. That would be that would be a few days and a few casts probably. Get <laughs> uh, gulps audibly. Um, how about, is there another way down besides just jumping? Sure, there's the stairs, but stairs suck. Everybody knows that. (sighs) All right. Maybe I can just fashion some sort of, you know, out of the curtains, the ones you don't like the flavor of, uh, some sort of rope. You know, I'm not used to the whole jumping out of... Yes. I, I, don't, I don't know. If yeah, I no, no, no. I, I like where you're going with this. Yeah, let's let's turn it into a rope. Yeah, and then afterwards and you, you can eat you, it. Yeah, exactly. You can bring it with yeah. you. Put some dust plan. on it after we're done. Some of the dust off this building will rub off. It'll be perfect. Delicious. You reach food. over and touch it, and there's just, it is it is completely clean. There's no dust. You just kind of like nothing. Uh-huh. And he goes, is that dusty? You, you see dust on that? Uh, it, it, soon, soon. Uh, the sooner the better. <laughs> right. So uh, okay. what okay. else do I need? Uh, just, you know, uh, don't overthink gravity. I'll be right back. And you see the goblin just pulls open the, the door to your balcony and just hops over as this little chimerical creature just vanishes from sight for a second. Then a moment later, you see this little green form just dashing with incredible speed across the courtyard and dipping into hiding as a mortal will walk by and then dipping out again and just dashing. A few moments later, you see what looks like a Nissan, like a like a two, like a, a 95 Nissan that looks like it probably hasn't had an oil change in a few years, judging from this way it sounds and the way that the smell that it's giving off just comes driving up that soft gravel driveway and then makes a very surprising slow turn into the thick, well-mowed grass and just drives right up into the courtyard just and comes rolling to a stop, brakes screeching, squealing, like an angry baby monkey just this is everywhere. Like you're shocked if nobody hears this. Stops. Car door opens, and stepping out of the car door, slamming the door behind him. You see, uh, with a big lollipop in his mouth, there is what looks like undoubtedly a red cap. Um, you just see like the mutton chops. These bright red, like somebody just went a little overboard with their, uh, with the like hair dye, this sort of like neon bright red chops that go down the sides of this ashen gray face. These big lips, like I'm talking like the mouth of Sauron from Lord of the Rings, like huge teeth, but they're flat, not sharp. And just works around this stick and lollipop that is in his mouth. Stands at about maybe five, seven, five, eight. Um, and thick, quite thick, and is wearing what would seem to be a thrift store, like puffy 
winter jacket, like a glossy one where some of it's peeling off to the side. Any designs or name brand stuff kind of giving way to the rather unimpressive uh, coating underneath where all the stuffing of this old jacket is keeping him warm. Jeans and boots. It, he, he just looks like a thrift store nightmare. Um, he looks out and he looks around and you see him go, where the fuck is she? You said she was going to be standing here. I don't fucking see her anywhere. <laughs> and and that at that point, <laughs> at that point, <laughs> um, Adriana just shapeshifts into me. Who wouldn't? Oh, oh no, we're back. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I pressed hey, instead hey. of pressing unmute. I pressed it. disconnect. Adriana's like I was. Huh. So well, that was changing the dream. Click. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play New Horizons. I'm gonna go play, I'm gonna go play Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm out of here. Get me out of here. She meant it. Yeah. The timing was impeccable. Could not be pecked. Where is she? Just Adriana's like, nowhere. I'm out. Peace out. Okay. I have a quick question. At a game. Mm -hmm. Um, so as a Chloricon, could I make that jump? Is oh, that yeah. like a normal, easy thing? Because I kind of like, I couldn't tell. So I was like, maybe I, am I going to break my legs? Like jumping out of this? I mean, as a Chloricon, you will be subjected to the same bone shattering impact on the surface of the earth as any other human or creature of any kind that is going to test Newton's laws. <laughs> if you decide to leap over that balcony, um, the Earth will welcome you at high velocity with a very okay. stern and rigid embrace that will likely cause some fractures somewhere. However, in changing the dreaming, and in since you are a new changeling, you have become aware that your world has changed a little bit in that, yes, gravity is real, but so are griffins. So it's hard to say what this goblin and this red cap have in mind. But he seems completely unaware. What you see in the chimerical side is the red cap described. In the autumn world, you might see what looks like a um, Hispanic man in probably his mid-30s. Mid um, good head of hair. Looks like an average Joe. Has a nice goatee going. Is wearing what looks like a Metallica t-shirt, but it's still zipped up underneath that big, thick, ridiculous coat that is way too warm to be wearing, even in the temperatures that are right now. Um, everything about this guy screams to you. Get a, a man that chooses to look and live like this. There is a sense of rebellion of fuck the pretty shit. And this is a guy who likes, you can just tell from the way he carries himself and what he's driving, he likes it like this. And he carries himself with the utmost confidence and absolute confusion as he keeps his world to the second dimension and just looks around like, where is she? I don't see her. Where? Like, <laughs> you, said, you said she was going to be here. I don't see her anywhere. Gera is still up there and like she can see them down below and she like she has done countless times before at home fashions a rope out of a curtain and like ties up all the like drapery and stuff she can find okay secures it and 
pull it down from the after it slings her bags over her shoulder and just slowly just like gauges the distance and like wraps you know double wraps it around her arm and slowly just <laughs> just as you get in position just as you get in position a heavy knock at the door uh, excuse me hold on uh don't come in i'm changing <laughs> uh please i'm not decent yet hold on and then she just rapidly like starts to go down she's not gonna wait you're not gonna wait to door. answer the person at the door you go over the no. side um let's let's make this interesting roll a dex athletics check if you would please Ooh, all right all right you want six or better uh a dex what athletics dexterity Ooh. and athletics i will indeed do that okay Two successes so far, and then ooh, two more. Four successes. <laughs> Four successes. Did you no ones? No, no ones. Luckily. Okay, you were just one sex, success away from a, a exceptional success. <sighs> so that almost, which is which is in changeling like rolling a critical hit. It's five successes is like rolling a nat twenty. So it's really well done. So four successes is fantastic. Yes. So with ease, you just almost like you've been doing this most of your life. You tie that thing around and just um, you slide down as he's as he's looking around. He looks down at the goblin and says, just kind of talking this way because he's got the lollipop in his mouth. He goes, you said she would be right here. Where the fuck is she? And you just on cue slide down. And before you have a chance to open your mouth, you just hear the goblin go, oh, yeah, and run right past you and start just grabbing the curtain that you just slid down on. And it just starts, just starts eating into it immediately. And uh, the red cap is like, fuck, pulls a lollipop out and he goes, you're Gera? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Gera? It's, it's Gera. Yeah. However you pronounce it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just uh, nobody's going to see this, right? Uh, do we have to rush? No, we got to rush if they don't want. If you want them to see us, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Hey, well, hey fucker, um, get in the car. Get in the car, fucker. And and the goblin looks at him and goes, "Car fucker." And he says, "Forget it. I'm leaving you." And gets into the driver's seat immediately, <laughs> slams the door. You pull the driver, the passenger side door as you get open. He starts pulling out, and the goblin goes, "Wait, wait, wait!" Starts like tries to run after the car, but forgets to stop biting the curtain. Gets like jerked straight back, loses his foot, goes right up into the ground, hits. The Nissan starts pulling out. The goblin's running, just chewing as fast as he can and rips some of that curtain off as he continues just heading towards you guys. Throws himself onto the back, manages to grab hold of the breaking windshield wiper that has not worked for ages. The rubber lining on the side has been completely peeled away and just hangs on for dear life as you squeal out of the courtyard and drive down the driveway and away from this academy of etiquette <laughs> with yes. a goblin flapping behind you like a flag in the wind <laughs> <Woo>! see you later <laughs> y'all are just drive immediately get a your face is buffeted by the cool salty winds of the pacific ocean and as you're driving down this long winding road headed back into what is the main city of point Cassida, you can see off in the distance just from the rolling fog as it's starting to burn away from the morning, the distant silhouette of a lighthouse and gulls that are collecting around it. And uh, a sweeping, be beautiful view of the, the blue Pacific Ocean. This is not the Atlantic. You are looking at a whole new side of the world, and it is majestic, to say the least. 
You can also see the distant silhouettes of Catalina Island from here um, and Channel Islands Harbor. So you can see sort of like the, the grandeur, the, the natural beauty of Southern California and its coastlines. Um, shattered from a moment where you just get a little bit, something like wet splashes against the side of your face. Um, and the moment you look to see like in reflexively, it's the red cap who just pulled that lollipop right out of his mouth with just, just goes, ah, name's Mateo. I'm going to be your chauffeur just for right now. Anyway, when I drop your ass off, you're all on your own until the Baron tells me to do shit again. But for now, I'm your chauffeur. What's up? How's it going? Good to meet you. Thank you. Good to meet you, too. Thanks for getting me out of that hellhole. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. No problem. No problem. I owe you. <laughs> Seriously. Gosh. He looks at you and he goes, okay, what do you owe me? You got to be careful when you mm. say that shit around here. What do you owe me? What do you owe me? Owe me a drink? A favor. Sure. A favor? A, favor. Okay. a drink. There we go. I owe you a drink. Um, You're a clericon, right? Again. Can I throw some stereotypes at you? Do you drink a lot? You want to buy me a drink? I could buy you a drink or I owe you a fight. How about that? He just stares at you for a long moment and glances back at the road, then glances at you again. And he goes, I'm going to like you. I'm going to really like you. Yeah. Yeah, I like you all. Uh, I'm gonna do what I can to make sure you like me back. <laughs> well, you're you're doing great now, so you're just gonna tell her your Get whole fucking plan. You hear the goblin say as he pulls himself through the window in the back and just settles into the back seat. You see the goblin sits into what looks like an old broken child seat that's been like strapped into the back. Uh, he just kind of settles into it and goes, "Return to the throne." Oh, man, there wasn't any dust on those. But I'm going to tell you something. Those rich motherfuckers, they know how to buy some curtains. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Anybody want to read uh, one of the latest issues here? And he holds up the Good Housekeeping magazine that you swear you saw him put down. Because it's, uh, it's a couple of years old, cheap bastards. But if anybody wants to read this, uh, you, don't, you don't mind, do you, Mateo? And he goes, the fuck do I? What am I going to do with that? Cool. All right. All right. Don't mind me then. He just starts opening it up and goes, you just like, it's a little disturbing as he opens up the good housekeeping to like the upholstery section and goes, Oh yeah, that's some good stuff right there. And Mateo just says, anyway, so the Baron wanted me to come get you and take you to point Reed so he could introduce you to, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Just don't make eye contact with him. Let him do, just let him do his thing. Um, I'm supposed to bring you to point Reed. Okay. Um, do you mind if I ask you, what's your story? Like, why are you, uh, mm. you're kind of a big deal, I guess, if the Baron wants to see you right away? I'm not, I'm not a big deal. I, they're making a huge big deal out of this. I'm just, I was just sent out here. Why do you, you want to know what? Yeah. I just like to know shit. You were sent out here. Baron wants to see yeah. you. That's just kind of weird, you know? It's just kind of weird. It's just formal stuff i guess of the court i don't really yeah. know i don't I honestly typical don't care. for a commoner yeah formal stuff for the court sure you're a clericon uh, it's uh fucking weird you know just i agree weird. it doesn't make sense but you know here we are so 
Are you trying to dodge him? Are you trying to duck this? Because I'm going to have you roll. Because I get the impression, <laughs> I get the impression, the impression that poor Gera is like, dude, fucking shut up. Like, I don't want to talk about this. And yeah, she's like, make, oh, don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't. All right, so make a manipulation <laughs> subterfuge roll. So you're going to roll. You're going to roll manipulation plus subterfuge. So manipulation oh. is under social, and subterfuge is under your talents towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be contested against him. So let's see how he does versus you. All right. Dang. Okay. Tell me what you get. Tell me how many successes you get. Oh, goodness. Ah, two successes. No ones. He nods. And he goes... Well, who can fucking tell with the nobility, right? Like, who can fucking tell? They get up in everybody's business. Well, anyway. Yeah, yeah name's Mateo. Uh, Red Cap. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should tell you now in case you get surprised later. He kind of smiles at you sarcastically. <laughs> Just, maybe they'll uh, throw you into our motley. Who knows? I'm with the Salties, by the way. The Salties? Yeah, we're a motley here. We're a group of, uh, you're new, aren't you? Like to, to Keithian society in general, you're kind of a new kid, right? You just went through your sailing. Yeah. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah. All right, a little bit. I know, I know what a red cap is though. And I, obviously, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. really know, uh, much of Motley's. I wasn't really able to join one back at home. So where's home? If you must know, it's the UK. No shit. He looks at you. Yeah. He's like, Whoa, you coming from the other side of the fucking world. Yes, I'm trying to drop the accent and blend in. So just don't ask me to do it. So a commoner coming over here from the old kingdoms of old. Going to some like prissy ass boarding school. And then the Baron wants to speak to you. All right. I, I wasn't exactly a commoner. In the UK. He slowly glances over to you and he goes, oh shit, I'm getting information. Check me out. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So uh, if you want any more, you're going to have to brawl me and win. But I don't think Uh, you're going to do that. You see these? He points at these huge teeth in his mouth. And again, like it just stretches. There's more mouth than face. He just kind of expands outward in a nightmarish fashion. And he goes, I like my teeth. You can keep your information. I plan on keeping those where they are. He kind of smiles to himself as he continues to drive. And then after a moment, he goes, Hey, Gnarls, you got any more of the curtain? And uh, the goblin goes, Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Holds up a big strip of cloth, and without missing a beat, Mateo reaches back and grabs it and just eats it right in front of you. Just sticks it in his mouth and chews on it. Does that taste good? (laughs) He goes, nah. And you all drive on. (laughs) But about the time, um, about the time that Skeeta and Holly are arriving at the end of the dock, the two of you see, surprisingly enough, here at this end of the dock, the Baron himself having a conversation um, 
and holding a hot dog of all things. Now, in the autumn world, again, to describe the Baron, looks is a is a very handsome gentleman. Uh, I've described him just so to revisit and so that um, Adriana gets a good snapshot. The Baron himself stands at about 5'9 and very much carries himself and kind of looks like Oscar Isaac in Dune. He has that very like curly hair and the facial hair. He's, he's, he walks with an air of nobility. Um, he is a Latino man, uh, probably in his late 40s from the looks of it, but exudes charisma and authority. He stands very comfortably dressed in what looks like a very fine, um, like dress slacks and a button up shirt with a tie on, like casual. He, he looks like somebody who would be modeling, uh, like casual wear for lawyers right now. <laughs> like you would see it in sort of a magazine of just sleeves rolled up and tie. He, the only thing missing is the briefcase. Um, except instead of a briefcase, he's holding what looks like a hot dog that he's just finished putting ketchup on. He's standing in front of one of the vendors out front. Um, vendor is completely mortal and has no idea that standing in front of him is an autumn she with pointed ears and brilliant emerald eyes that occasionally catch a fleck of purple as he shifts into the light. Um, to the changeling eyes, the button-up shirts and whatnot, that all stands. He's not as pronounced as he was in the freehold where he was literally addressed and adorned in items that was made from dross the dreaming itself voile just kind of has the, the 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 demeanor and the majesty of the dreaming kind of bled away as he's left the freehold and now looks like an oscar isaac high elf <laughs> In lawyer attire, standing there having a hot dog, and he's without looking up. He he just kind of nods to the two of you as you're approaching. Um, at about that point, you do notice that um, not too far away, uh, you can see Sir Kipps is also here. And as a quick refresher, Sir Kipps is a satyr. They them and carries Sir Kipps is one of the uh, knights that protects the freehold. You also know that Sir Kipps is a member of House, House Skaha, so probably a direct knight serving as probably one of the other bodyguards of the Baron. To the mortal world, uh, Sir Kipps has uh, very much, and this is absolutely inspired by the awesome like bright pink uh, haircut that Sam used to have, but has like the side fade shaved, like bright pink hair that kind of curls off to the side, um, wearing what looks like uh, sort of like like a performance artist theater long sleeve black shirt that's clinging tightly to their chest and looks like jeans and black boots. Very, very like avant, I would say kind of emo kid. <laughs> to you all though, you see the satyr hooves peeking out from underneath that those jeans kind of overlapping into the, you don't see the shoes as much as you see the hooves and the horns popping out underneath that, swerve of pink hair um kips is just kind of paying mostly attention to themselves and glances up at the two of you and kind of nods uh, you know kips is armed but you don't see where the weapon is the knight has weapon on him on themselves at all times but you don't know where it is but kips just kind of stands there and is just looking around the baron turns to all of you as he takes a gentle bite from uh the hot dog just and looks at all of you with a smile and approaches you holly um and says Ah, here you are outside the freehold. It's good to see you. And how are things going today? And looks over at you, Skeeta. 
You have a big day planned today, I take it? Big, huge day for our dear friend, Holly. First up is Pinkberry. <laughs> this is an exciting new time for you, Holly. Again, yes. just as a reminder, please be safe. Nothing best. bad ever happens at Pinkberry, trust me. I say that to both the Baron and to Holly. You kind of look over at Holly and... Holly, at about that point, you see... Both of you have been hearing this noise this whole time, but it hasn't registered until just now because you finally have seen something in the corner of your eye to put a thing to it. But what you thought was perhaps something in the surf that was just scraping up against the dock is actually an otter that has been spending the past few moments scrambling to pull itself up onto the dock. Um, and you see this California sea otter just press itself up onto the dock and kind of use its head and then it's clawing its way up. And the Baron just kind of, you see him turn slowly and look for a moment. I spin around, uh, grab the dock post with one arm and use the, to counterbalance myself and haul poor Kit up into my lap. Okay. You silly thing. The, the otter comes bounding over. And it's doing the thing the otter does, where its entire body like turns and looks in every direction that it's it's trying to get a, a scope on. And the Baron just nods and says, well, enjoy your big day. And remember, the freehold is available to you at all times. You know, if you will both please excuse me, I have to... You all are interrupted again by the sound of a screeching noise that splits the air. Even Sir Kipps turns and looks in the direction to see what it is. And you all see this Nissan pull up to the edge of the dock, comes to a stop, then drifts and comes to a stop again. And then a stop again. The last one just causes the entire front end of the car to <laughs> before it screeches down. Back door starts to open up, pushes open, a goblin hops out. Ah. Oh, I think I'm car sick. Oh, they want to throw up all those curtains. You see one of the red caps that you saw from the last week, you think, at court? You haven't seen since. Get out of the car. The car suspension, which is almost completely blown. The suspension shakes rather violently as he gets up out of the car. The passenger side door opens, and stepping out, if you would please, Gira, Describe what they see as the passenger side door opens and you step out onto the dock. They see an athletic um, woman just kind of garbed in like a long black dress with a white top and olive toned <laughs> skin. <laughs> Basically kind of like, like me. Adriana, if you could please describe yourself right now to everybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> and if you could please just look in the mirror and tell everybody what you see right now so that we know oh, what your character looks like. <laughs> but she has, uh, she has her hair, um, this, these wild long locks are actually tied up in kind of like a pompadour with mm -hmm. a bandana kind of up there, but the Clericon ears are a little bit pointed and her eyes are a brilliant greenish hazel that they can see. And yeah, I mean, she's got these black pumps and just 
looking cute and somehow lifts all of her bags with one arm and just like hefts them on and is like, ah. Okay. Just kind of getting a lay of the land and she sees them. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Not a she from what you can tell. Doesn't have the same, the, the, the ears are pointed, but they're not exaggerated like a she's ears, which are like World of Warcraft style, like high elf ears peeking up over the tops. Um, in this case, it, this is something new. She is something new. Hello. And as she bids hello to everybody, there's a moment where you see Mateo goes, oh, fuck, excuse me. And he bows. And the goblin goes, what are we, what are we bound for? You see. Are they bowing to the Baron? Yes. Oh. You, at um. least you think, you don't know which one is the Baron. Uh, you, you just see, you see three people on the dock. And if you two would like to describe yourselves again, or if you like mm-hmm. to just say what it is that, uh, that she sees when she sees the three, the two of you standing next to the Baron or next to the Baron. I mean, as uh, Holly is pretty much in keeping with their character art. Mm-hmm. Apparently, merfolk are a thing. This is the first one around yep. here in a, that what? Um, so that's that is worth that is a good point, and so it, it is worth pointing out that yes. Gira, you see there next to the Baron and what looks like a a chair that is slowly being claimed by the Dreaming from the way that it is starting to shape and turn. It's spending so much time in the presence of other changelings and being used by one. It is being claimed by the Dreaming. Um, And Sam can tell us what that looks like. But also... More magnificent and shocking is seeing this mythological Kithian sitting here before you is the fact that there's also a rather large adult sea otter that is uh, kind of laying across their back in the lap of this merfolk like a really friendly puppy dog. You can tell that it's chimerical just from the sheer bizarre marbleization of brightly shaded colors that kind of move across its back. This is an otter that exists in the dreaming. It's a chimerical creature. Not a quote-unquote autumn world or real, as some of the mortals like to say, sea otter. But instead... Autumn world? Really? Autumn world, yes. Autumn. Um, And that's what you see. Oh, um... You know, Gera is feeling a kind of way today, and she wants to like make a like kind of funny impression. So she sees this sea otter, and then see seeing the other two bowing, takes a deep formal bow to the sea otter to the little kit. Okay. Nice to meet your acquaintance, very little one. <laughs> Skeeta starts giggling, just like... <laughs> As the newcomer bows to your otter. I hold up the otter, who sort of rubbers a little, hold them up mm-hmm. from their underarms, kind of like, uh, just like a little lap Simba. 
uh, to <laughs> accept this offering very solemnly and very seriously. This very okay. No, I crack. <laughs> and how may I address you? This is Kit. Nice to meet you, Kit. <sighs> I look up well, to Sita. Like, are we doing this right? I look back very unsure. <laughs> and I'm looking at the Baron and then back at Giera and at the at Kit. And I'm like, oh, I've, I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> Sir Kips at this point has taken position next to the Baron, has moved over here, especially with the newcomer. Um, the Red Cap steps forward and says, well, I got her for you. Can I go? And the Baron says, thank you. I will make note of your service to the freehold. I appreciate you playing taxi. You may go. Glad to serve. Hey, points at you again, get her and says, you owe me a punch in the face and a drink. Anytime. Gets Thanks back again into the for the car. ride. Yep. Gets back into the car. The goblin says, are we fucking leaving? We just got here. Are you kidding me? And gets back into the car. The door closes, screeching sound again as it begins to pull away from the curb. The Baron immediately looks at you, totally focused on you now, Gita. And just as he finishes a hot dog, he wipes his hands, tosses the napkin into the trash and says, when did you arrive? Well, literally today. Arrived at the school and they got me out of there, so... Mm. Well, it's nice to meet you in person, finally. Maybe the lot of us. And he points the two of you as well, Skeeta and Holly, and says, perhaps we should retreat back to the other side of the dock for the moment and have a conversation. That sounds great. I would like to meet all of you properly, too. I was just, I was just kidding. I was about to send them on their way, but apparently we're headed back to the freehold for the moment. For another orientation. Yes, to the freehold. Not Pinkberry. I promise yes. not to keep you both very long. Okay, but um, I would like to actually meet you all. Uh, what was your name, Sin? The Baron holds up his hand and he says, what you're suggesting is the correct etiquette. And we will get to that. But let us move away from... And he glances over at the hot dog seller who's just like fixing up his stand. He says, let us move to more discreet areas where we can have conversations without the ears of mortals nearby. That makes sense. Yeah, sir. I'm new to this whole thing. <laughs> um, he nods. He says, think nothing of it. Please follow me. The Baron starts striding towards the end of the dock. Sir Kips in tow kind of looking around left and right. You get the impression Sir Kips is very much like the hawk of the knighthood here at the barony. The way he, they rather are just kind of looking left and right, constantly watching the waterline, constantly watching the people that are walking around in the docks. Um, you make it to the end of the docks and once again, you see sitting there having only just gotten back from ferrying across to the Point Reed is a certain knocker who's got his feet kicked up on an ice cooler and... Um, has what looks like his cell phone in his hand and is watching a YouTube video, smoking a cigarette. And he glances up at the Baron and he goes, are you wanting to go back? 
And the Baron says, now, please. And the knocker says, all right. Without a swear word, without any complaints at all, knocker gets up immediately, puts down the ramp, and starts helping you all on board. This boat, by the way, is very much in the autumn world, very much just looks like a typical uh, like open boat that would ferry people back and forth, like a very nice motor boat that has areas to sit and uh, just large enough for maybe about seven people. Um, in the dreaming, however, this thing looks like a rickety old wooden boat that has brass linings and a large ridiculous engine at the very end that just constantly is spewing a smell that is kind of like cotton candy, but also smells a little bit like burning. It just bizarre senses. Uh, for Holly, it just smells like thick, warm, salty air. It's just in the back of your mouth, the kind you can taste at the very edges of your tongue in the very back of your throat. Um, so I squeeze Skeeta's arm after I've gotten uh, the wheels parked. Do you want to go on the other side of the boat? Yes, definitely. And with the boat very nicely parked, mm -hmm. I want to slide Kit over the side and slide myself over the side and hold out my arm to Skeeta. Okay. The Baron is watching this with curiosity. I'd like to swim with her in the boat. I, alongside the boat. I take their okay. hand and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to. Glance at the Baron quick, but I'm still going to do it just because the temptation <laughs> is too much. The Autumn She just looks back at you with a raised eyebrow, but says nothing and just waits. And so I swing my legs over the side of the boat and I slip into the water. You see sort of like it's it's it's. it's it's one of those perfect examples of where the autumn world and the dreaming are just crashing into each other. The, the presence of the freehold nearby is doing enough where you can see a, a more angelic looking version of the Pacific Ocean. The autumn world might see what looks like the seawater near shore of a dock with like the rainbow hues of an oil slick drifting on top of the water. Not something you necessarily want to jump into. That being said, you see Holly just go right over the side with your hand in theirs. <laughs> and the next moment, you are in the frigid, icy waters of the morning Pacific Ocean. You see this happen as well, Agira, as the two of them just go over the side. And there is a heavy splash. Um, the knocker goes, fuck, throws out the cigarette um, and immediately runs and grabs life jackets. And the <laughs> Sir Kipps is kind of smiling to himself as the Baron raises his hand and he goes, I don't think the merfolk needs a life jacket. He goes, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Goes back to the front of the boat, drops the life jacket, reaches down and picks up the cigarette, which you see, uh, Gira has been mostly crushed and has been extinguished, just like a wisp of smoke going back out. And uh, you see him just tap it against his head twice and he goes, little flame ignites on it and puts it back inside as he does a bunk and immediately uses glamour to use uh, nature and ignites a flame at the end of the cigarette. Just as a little bit of changeling magic comes into play. And the boat starts up again. Just... Um, 
So you are swimming next to a merfolk now. And I will tell you this, Gita. It's pretty incredible how easy this merfolk is moving through the water. <laughs> like having uh, flippers on and how it propels you even faster than you thought you could swim kind of thing. I think there's that moment where I'm moving my arms kind of nearby you trying to figure out what's the most comfortable way to support you so we mm. can go together. Um, I think it's, uh, they try like you're their little otter. <laughs> so supporting oh. from under you, um, oh. kind of the, the swimming spoon. So like, uh, so I'm, that you can breathe because I, <laughs> I want to make sure that you breathe. It's important. Oh, when you're well, in there, so yes. so Skeeta needs to stay near the surface and needs, needs to, to occasionally stick the their head up. So they can it's get really it. important. <laughs> it's really important, and like you can't yes. let them do that for too long. And right. I don't know how long is too long yet. So I'm being I'm being very careful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I notice that you are watching me, you know, with my head above water, breathing, and I say, "Oh, well, I can I can go all the way, you know. Let's see for how long." And then I take a big deep breath and I dive under. Oh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, so I've got you, and I... Should I make some kind of an athletic, like a swim check? Mm. I don't think so. I think I think this is one of those situations where I'm going to pull take a page out of PBTA's book and just say you you want to do it so you do it. I mean, there's no real there's no real consequences to success or failure here, and it's pretty awesome. You're getting your sort of Falcor moments in the Neverending Story, <laughs> where you basically get to do something pretty incredible that you didn't think you could do. You're being tugged along, and tug is kind of a, a crude way of saying it, but essentially, Skeeta, you are being pulled through the water just gracefully and powerfully by the propulsion of a merfolk pumping their tail. And that is causing you to keep in pace with this boat <laughs> that is motoring its way across the bay. Um, just under the surface of the water, out of the prying eyes of the mortals, uh, Holly is able to do this with no efforts whatsoever. There is no banality or disbelief that it would be taking place here, especially as you're approaching the, the freehold. Um, it's, it's when you go up for air is when you finally get a sense of how fast you're moving, Skeeta. Because the water breaks against you as you just exhale, and you're like, <gasps> and you go back down again, and you get yeah, a like sense. a dolphin. Mm -hmm. I imagine that they kind of flip me over and let me breathe, and then we go back under. And this whole time, as this is happening, Gita, you have a front row seat to it. You're watching. Uh, you didn't. It's your first time in your life seeing a merfolk. Like if being a changeling wasn't enchanting enough, you've just encountered a legendary creature that you did not know was real, but is surprised to see. And right now it looks like it's go they're going on their morning constitution with one of their good friends. It's <laughs> worth noting too, that their good friend is fully clothed and is just like, was not ready to go swimming. <laughs> and just being propelled through the water. Um, and this is how you were all taken to the, it, it's like a three minute boat ride to the lighthouse. And when you all arrive at the dock, um, you were hauled up back into the boat, um, water just splashing all over the place, drenching your chair. Uh, Skeeta, you're hauled up out of the water. 
<laughs> as the uh, the knocker reaches down, pulls you up, just kind of and uh, hauls you up onto the boat and uh, shakes his head at the two of you. As Sir Lord Amar just says, "You smell like the bay now." You know that, and he smiles at you, Skeeta. Do you want me to tell you what you smell like? No, you don't need to tell me what I smell like. <laughs> and he moves back to the front of the boat. And the Baron and Sir Kips move up the ramp. And one by one, you all head into the freehold yet again. Now, on the outside, the freehold is a beautiful lighthouse. A small compound with a gift shop, sleeping quarters, uh, a place where a lot of tool sh like tools are kept for the tool shed. The... Uh, the lighthouse itself is two stories and looks like an antique, which it kind of is, as it was built in the late 1870s. Not too... This, was, this, this lighthouse was built uh, back in a time where tall ships were still sailing through the harbors of San Francisco. And Los Angeles wasn't a city. <laughs> it was just a blip on the map. Um, the house resembles that era. To the mortals that you see walking around who are visiting the gift shop and who are exploring the top parts of the lighthouse itself, the freehold is open today to the public for visitors. And Gera, as you are walking into the large patio area where you see two picnic tables uh, and a small like coffee stand where people are working here, um, you immediately feel the presence of glamour all around you, not just from the bale fire that probably lie within the freehold, but the mortals that are walking around this old historical site, asking questions, getting stories about old pirate ships that might have sailed through here, and like kids asking questions as they're holding balloons about the lighthouse and wanting to go up. And moving throughout here, you can feel this place is a step removed from the crushing gray boring worlds that most mortals choose to live in. Here, you're on the cusp of something. There's history, and there's legend, and then there's the freehold itself. And the closer you get to it, the more you begin to realize that to your changeling eyes, it doesn't look like a normal lighthouse. And instead of just like white paint and brown borders to the door, you're actually seeing articulated like golden paints and these beautiful sculptures, these wooden sculptures of unicorn heads that have been painted this deep purple that are arcing off the top of this lighthouse, almost like gargoyles guarding their, uh, their place of their haven, as it were. The lighthouse itself, to mortal eyes, is not on. It is, in fact, daytime, and there's no purpose for it. But to the changeling eyes, you see what looks like the deep, swirling flame of the balefire being reflected in the mirrors on top of the lighthouse, giving this place a sort of beautiful emerald green glow that almost matches your eyes. And as you move around to the front and enter up, going up the ramp and into the front door of this lighthouse, you step into the freehold itself, which has an immediate effect on you as you enter Gera. This is a freehold, a level three freehold. So the moment you walk in, you step into a pocket of the dreaming. Moving into this place, everyone else would see an, a very charming Airbnb that was built, again, just before the turn of the century. Over 100 years ago. Well over 100 years ago. But to the changelings that just walked in the door, this place is a place where the dreaming manifests. 
And the first thing that strikes your attention is the fact that the hallway that's directly in front of you, all the wood in here is deep, beautiful, lacquered wood. You can see what looks like trinkets denoting uh, the age of exploration. All of the more positive aspects of reaching out and exploring the unknown. You don't see anything that marks any historical events. You see things like captain's wheels that have like names on them that you've never heard before. You see seashells. You see all sorts of decorations. You also see tapestries and paintings of the coat of arms of Hathskaha, which is a giant like almost sinister looking unicorn of purple with the giant with like narrowed eyes. But then also the hall that leads down into the main area where court is held, where you can sense even from here, a bale fire burning deep within. Um, you feel the presence of dreamers all around you. Though they may not be here physically, you can feel the dreaming. You are home. This is where a changeling belongs. And the moment you move into the room, you see your seeming, your changeling seeming itself, as well as Holly and as well as Skeeta, they just seem to be more defined. Their colors are sharper. The imagery, the detail, everything, they just seem more vibrant. Everything looks more vibrant, including the four suits of pure solid gold armor that line the hallways as you are moving into the main area. And as you're walking by these suits of armor, you hear one of them squeak, welcome back, in a deep voice that echoes from inside the helmet. Skeeter does a little bit of a salute. If Hold we were here, that's what she would do. <laughs> yeah. You move into the main area and the study area of this freehold, the common area where uh, this particular baron likes to hold court, looks like the interior of an old ship, like a captain's cabin, a very large captain's cabin that is surrounded by beautiful, tall, floor-to-ceiling stained glass windows depicting scenes of the ocean, uh, great krakens and whales that are locked in mortal combat with one another. You can see storms blowing through, griffins being illustrated in the sky, all in perfect masterfully made stained glass, which you know are pure manifestations of the dreaming. And in the center of this room, in all of its glory, you see a simple green flame burning on what looks like a granite pedestal. This green flame is glamour manifest. It's the dreaming brought forth. This is the bale fire, the beating heart of not only the freehold itself, but the entire barony. And the baron moves into the room like this is nothing. Strides across the room over to his captain's desk, as it were. And starts rolling down his sleeve as Sir Kipps moves into the room and takes position next to him. And turns to address the three of you as he leans back against the desk and he goes, Well, I apologize, first of all, Gera. I feel that I am giving you something of... Sort of the cheap version of your welcoming. Everyone else was able to be introduced in the court, but you and I, as per your request, will be doing it here. He nods and says, I understand the reason for your wanting to do it this way. 
Yeah, the the smile that was like beaming on her as she, you know, saw <laughs> the merfolk, the magical moments and like getting to this as soon as um, the Baron brought up like court and etiquette, it's <laughs> just like, it kind of faded and she's like, oh, it's, it's totally fine. This is perfect. This is wonderful. Um, lovely, lovely place. No, no formalities needed. It's preferred that way, actually. He's smug. He has a smug smile on his face and he folds his arm and leans back against the desk and he looks at you for a long moment. And at about that point, the two of you, Skeeta and Holly, notice that Sir Kipps is in the corner, kind of like shaking their head and just kind of smiling like, like, like they know that Gita doesn't realize that she just said something that was kind of a faux pas. <laughs> it's kind of flying over everybody's head for a moment, but the Baron smiles for you for a long moment and says, Gita, what I'm about to say to you is not a reprimand, so please don't take it that way. Okay. Your mortal titles have no meaning here in the Freehold. So you can enjoy everything that you've been asking for. I understand you don't want to bring that with you when you enter these doors. I assure you, here, you're just Gira. Thank you. Um, he nods. This is more than enough. <laughs> I do need to speak to the three of you all together, though. It's why I've brought you all here. There are many things in play and things that I don't want to drag everyone into. The three of you, in truth, the five of you, were all meant to be a motley. There are two others. He nods to you, Gitta. Where are they? The Where autumn world has its demands. What if, I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, uh, Holly looks excuse. We were going to go to Pinkberry. Um, you, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know if people in the UK have heard of Pinkberry. I don't know if they have Pinkberry over there, but, um, I leave that to you, whether or not you want it. <laughs> right now, our UK viewers are like, we fucking heard of Pinkberry. Like, like, or they're both Googling. just, like, yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Googling, is there Pinkberry in the is UK? Is there Pinkberry in the UK? There is, and there is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a yogurt flavor, right? Yes, but I mean, given Europe's penchant for using actual ingredients, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I am curious. <laughs> like, um, uh, you know, they they don't live in the United States of uh, high fructose corn syrup. So, well, yeah. no, um, Gera is, is aware. Like, she's okay. You know, that's more than Holly. To... <laughs> yeah, Holly doesn't even know what it is yet. I haven't told Holly anything no. about it. Um, and at that point, he says, now, before we continue, let's do the formalities that we were unfortunately having to do, miss out on before. As you well know, I am Baron Merinus Apskaha. This is my knight, Sir Kips Apskaha. And these two here are members of your kith. Or rather, I should say, members of your motley. And kind of 
uh, motions to the two of them that are just right next to you. If you would please introduce yourselves to your new Motley member. Oh, this is the, okay. Um, well, my name is Skeeta. It's pleased to meet you. Nice to meet your acquaintance as well. Um, my name is Holly and I'm, looks to Skeeta, looks to the Baron. Looks to Skeeta, looks to the Baron, looks to, uh, to Gera. The, the Baron I'm gives looking. you a nod, Holly, when you look to him. He says, of course, it is your choice who you choose to tell. I'm Holly Midley Amaris. I'm a Dukes of the Kingdom of Athlane. Hello. This is Stokit. Very pleased to meet you as well. And Kit. If there's anything you've learned from your life in the Autumn Realm, Gera, is that when Holly introduces themselves as the child of a duke, you begin to realize you might be in the presence of royalty. Oh, Gera is very aware and like <laughs> regards and them like, hmm. Outranks the Baron. <laughs> so you're not sure what the story is there. But um, but after after that, um, the the Baron leans over and picks up what looks like a, uh, an interesting slip of paper that looks like it's made out of pure gossamer. And holds it up, and it kind of catches the light. It has sort of a rainbowed effect, but you can see right through it. And he says, before your arrival today, Gera, I received this from a messenger of Queen Erin Apfiona herself. Oh, yeah. Um, the king is sending me out here and the queen should be receiving me. He listens very carefully. Um, <laughs> apologies, I don't even, I'm not really well-versed in their names. I mean, not even autumn royalty to be honest but <clears throat> yes that should explain a little bit more why i'm here mm. a question you're yes. saying the which the autumn queen and king are sending you out here no autumn. no no, no. Oh. there is no autumn king or queen well mortals think there are of course I see. You're referring, of course, to the actual Queen Mother, and, or rather, you're actually referring to the Queen of England. Yes. But you were referring to... The Kingdom of our... Roses in the, in the United Kingdom. Oh, I see. I see. Well... I won't press yes. you on this any further. It's not my business to know what kings and queens are doing. I am merely a baron, but the queen of the kingdom of Pacifica has sent me this message herself, and I am told that you are to be given certain considerations. I am telling you this because after our brief conversation on the phone before your plane landed, 
I know for a fact you don't want that. So. Please, no. He raises his hand and he says, I'm a she, but I'm also a member of Scout House Skaha. I don't... <laughs> I don't function like the other types of my kin do. I understand the importance of practicality, and I know you're trying to keep a low profile, just like Holly here, and nods to Holly. says, so, your autumn world will not intrude here, so long as you stay within the confines of the Barony of Olives, I can promise you no one needs to bother you or know about where you're coming from. Great. You're a noble. Oh, what? You're a noble. No, I mean, uh, it's, uh, yes, but not, not here. Here, I'm just a friend. I'm just one of you all, and, you know, I can finally get to know my, my Motley and get away from all that, maybe. Well, that's enough for now. Welcome to the Barony of Olives. And in the meantime, I'm going to turn you over to your motley here. The freehold is open to you at all times. You are welcome here. I will once again remind you that your mortal rank has no holding here. So we ask that you please conduct yourself as you would in court as a commoner in court? Oh, wait, I've never been to, oh. <sighs> you see he leans off the desk and he moves over to you, Gira, and he puts his hand on your shoulder and says, don't worry, we only have court once a month. You'll be fine. Oh, thank the gods. Okay, oh, that's doable, yeah. You're gonna fit in here and your motley is going to enjoy your company. I don't wanna keep you too much longer. The formalities are done. If you ever need anything, I can send someone to get you or you can call me. Welcome to the Barony of Olives. Go enjoy yourself, unpack, and do what you can not to draw too much attention to us. Of course, thank you so much for the warm welcome from all of you, thank you. He turns and looks at the two of you, Skeeta and Holly and says, the dreaming has brought you all together. I don't know why yet, but there are signs. Go enjoy your pink berry. He says mysteriously and rather mischievously, leaving it at that as he turns back to his desk. And you all get the impression you've been dismissed as he begins to just pick up what looks like scrolls and unroll them and start reading. I'm going to head out of this room and kind of catch eyes with the other two of my motley. I follow Skeeta. Yara's going to do the same and just kind of follow them both. Mm -hmm. Okay. At this point, right before we go to break, you will all have noticed at this point that Gita has been lugging around a bag this whole time. One she has been refusing to let go of. She's just kind of has it slung over her shoulder and has been lugging it around this whole time. Um, a lot of you make it out to the boat where the knocker lord once again spots all of you just as he's getting situated. He goes, are you fucking kidding me? All right, fine. I'm everyone's taxi service today. That's fine. I'm everyone's. That's all I ever am. I got a lordship. I got a title. Oh. 
I was going to say, isn't that what you do every day? Yeah. See, right now. As yeah. you're all shuttled back over to the docks with Pinkberry <laughs> ahead of you and here. the rest of the afternoon uh, ready to go, let's go ahead and take our 10-minute break, and we'll be back in 10 minutes with the second half of Episode 2 of The Barony of Olives. Welcome back to the Barony of Olive Dreamers. We are going to jump back into our story tonight, which is the second chapter of this Changeling Chronicle. And we are going to start back off where we left off with you all having just uh, left the Freehold. We're going to skip ahead a little bit and say that a lot of you are now at the end of the dock, back on land, <laughs> having returned. Um, with the entire afternoon before you. The only thing that's a little awkward about this whole gathering is, is on top of y'all just being out here out in the open and watching the people of uh, Point Cassidy go about their day, there is the Chloricon with the bag she keeps lugging around. She's just constant. It's like she didn't get to unpack or something. She's just lugging this around and she's just looking at everybody and going about our day it it's it's a little awkward but for the most part uh, it's a good bicep workout for you there <laughs> um y'all have the afternoon and there is let's let's say let's say because it's near the docks let's say that being that it's near the docks where whale watching tours will occasionally gather and these sorts of things happen here at Point Cassida. Um, there's a couple of commercial uh, setups around here, around sort of the this crescent. I I'm picturing one of those things very much like the Aquarium of the Pacific, where there is like a statue in the middle and there's kind of a, a roundabout where cars just drive around through here. In that sort of roundabout area, there's a bunch of eateries and there is a Pinkberry not too far mm. within sight. Um, are we in the boat leaving Point Reed, or are we already back on the dock? You are at the end of the dock. Okay. Um, standing in front of the commercial district near the roundabout. Oh, so, yeah, we've okay. cut back to, yeah. Okay. I point to the Pinkberry, and I say, that's where we're going. Let's go. I start marching over to it. Okay. You all find yourselves entering into the Pinkberry. The interior is brightly colored. You There is a television playing, like a flat screen up in the corner, which is, of course, advertising all of the flavors and whatnot and giving Pinkberry commercials and occasionally like a cheesy news break that's obviously of like a fake report of some of like coming in today, like news is breaking right now that a new flavor of banana, like, like all this ridiculousness. Um, you see a couple of people standing in line, a couple of children uh, behind their parents, uh, but you also see all the dispensaries for the uh, the yogurt itself and some cups being uh, handed out. You are inside a Pinkberry. I wave my arm very grandiosely to the space okay. we're in. And I say, for both of their benefits, I say, my lieges, this is Pinkberry. As your tour guide for the day, I want to expand your palates and introduce you to the concept of sweet, cold, creamy. Sweet, cold, creamy. Yes, and all the variations there within. And then I step into line. <laughs> we have to wait in line. 
and UQ. Even for royalty like us. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> but oh, you notice well, you, as you as you're talking, by the way, Skeeta, you notice that this flowery language and the fact that uh, Gator has chimed in and is playing along with you. There's a little girl at the very front of the line who's just watching you all with her finger in her mouth and she's got a smile on her face because she thinks y'all are like performing something and she's just watching the the two of you just enchanted completely enraptured with all of you is she sitting at a table or is she's, she in, she's in line she's standing behind her parents who are at the register right now paying for the uh, pink berry i would like to do something discreetly for her benefit okay what are you gonna do i would like to <laughs> dispense some froyo and put it in a little cup and have it just go to her without anyone else seeing. Okay. <laughs> How do I do that? Mm. <laughs> Can I do that? I have, here are my arts. I have Summer, Wayfair, and Sovereign. I know Sovereign won't apply here. No. But um, would Summer or Wayfair, here, let me, let me look at what those do. <laughs> Possibly. Okay, you so be, summer. Summer is probably not going to help you here because that's that is a cantrip that that is a, 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 a that is a an art that is not going to. That's more of a that's something else. Uh, you're probably looking at Wayfair, but Wayfair is very much like, it's like uh, movement, right? Yeah, it's kind of like going from A to B. Wayfair is very much mm -hmm. like opening portals to the dreaming, and uh, oh. but it could also be things like. Well, let me let me let me take a glimpse at it real quick because it's possible. If not, if not being able to use changeling magic to do this, if you if you're not able to if you don't have an art that you could use here, doesn't mean that you as a little pisky couldn't sleight of hand this. Right. Um, yeah, I was thinking either or a combo. The steely cord, the powerful seasonal art harness, the magic. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, the sum so just so you know, summer is the art of fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so you could create a you could everyone who comes near the front door of an old chloricon grump tends to give up whatever errand that brought them consume okay so the cantrip summons bright dancing motes of colorful lights in the form substance of the form of dreaming okay. like flicker flies not only illuminate the area around so you basically cast fairy fire is level That's one fine. wayfair is the art of travel of clever movement which is kind of where i'm getting hung okay that's what it is so level one hate wayfair just so you know, is a is an art that level one is called hopscotch. Right. Yes. And hopscotch is hilarious. A laughing puka clears a high fence in a single bound. My satyr had this when I played Changeling. Hopscotch is great because it lets you basically just boing, like <laughs> pull a Super Mario Brother. You just throw down a bunk and jump. You could leap a fence in a single bound. You can just bounce over things. Um, or you can like long jump and you all you need is a bunk. You could be standing completely still. If... If Holly wanted to, Holly could just slap the sides of the wheels and hopscotch right through the door and out into the street, like skid to a stop. Like hopscotch lets you do that. It wouldn't really help you here, but you know okay. it would help you here. You're a so. pisky. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like taking stuff that ain't necessarily yours is kind of the name of the game. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of what you do. So I might say... I'm just going to look at your 
Because here's the thing, you're nimble, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got a bonus to dexterity, plus piskies naturally blend in at all times. No matter Mm -hmm. where you will go, piskies always look like they belong there. Their skin color, their hair color, their eye color, their facial features, whatever you want. They all just appear to be part of the surroundings. Like, it's no big deal. Like, you belong there. Any changeling or supernatural player... uh, any changeling or supernatural entities player can roll a perception plus kinning to see through the, but otherwise you just look like you belong there. So in other words, if you want to do this, I will let you roll. Uh, I, in fact, I think you, we just made this revision on your character sheet. So I would say roll a dexterity plus larceny check. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To sort Mm -hmm. of slide a hand this. Okay. Yeah, okay, so that's... Yes. All right, so and I'm rolling be, six. Because of your pisky aspect, mm-hmm. I am not going to raise the difficulty at all for mortals being around or security okay. cameras or anything else like that. Instead, you just need a six or better. Can I spend a, a point? Uh, um, one of our... Yeah, our, I want to use One of our point. story points? Yeah, to get a glamour. Yes, would you, would you like to gain an extra die to the roll? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So, so then... Um, let me mark it down that you have spent one of the story points, which is pretty awesome. Um, so just as a quick reminder for those who are watching at home that may not know what just happened, uh, our story points are given to us by members of the community who are supporting the stream punks at the super punk level. This affords everybody a story point, which they can gift to the, uh, the group. And that can come in forms of like, glamour that can come into the form of of re-rolls it it functions all sorts of different ways that allow for the expenditure of sort of the manipulation of the narrative and this story point is going to be given to you on behalf of mr owlbear thank you so much for your support and for thank being a dreamer mr owlbear. You, mr owlbear okay here i go do it for the kids all right, one, two, three, four, five, nope, five, five successes. Five successes, did you roll any ones? No ones. Okay, that's the new rule moving forward. If you roll any ones, they eat successes, but with yes. no ones and five successes, you basically just crit the crap out of that. <laughs> not Holly, not Gera, not the security cams, not the mortals around here have any idea that you swiped one of those cups, filled it with one of the yogurts, moved over to the little girl. And as you're sitting here having this conversation, when you throw up in your hands and do your opening monologue, by the time your hands have come back, the little girl realizes that she's holding a cup of yogurt that wasn't there before. And which so sends her see. into a giggle fit. And so you see, this place is full of magic, really. And then I wink at the little girl. She is delighted. And uh, all of you can feel in this room um, just a little bit of that sense of enchantment. She's a kid, which means she's already got a high glamour rating and low banality rating. And right now she's just completely mesmerized by this. Um, Her parents reach down to hand her her yogurt, which she takes and hides the one that she got from you. And as she's being led away, she just quickly starts eating it. Good girl. Probably gonna get a headache from that 
doesn't seem to stop her. Just, <laughs> it'll 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 go away. Yeah, and they move out the door as you are now in the front of the line, Holly, with uh, oh. Skeeta. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. So Holly, I must warn you. And I look at the cashier and kind of say, they're new in town. And then turn back to Holly and say, I must warn you, when you eat cold things too quickly, it may hurt your head. Here's a question for Holly. Yes. Have you ever eaten anything that wasn't cold? <laughs> um, well, As a merfolk? So here's cold... I have never had anything. Well, it's not never, <laughs> like ice, but ice hot cold. is not a thing. But also, right? Um, circa, what has to go pretty far away to eat something as cold as frozen yogurt? Right. Mm -hmm. True. That that True. would take a very substantial swim. I don't think you can eat something in the Pacific off the coast of Southern California that's going to give you a brain freeze. If I had yeah. to guess. Okay. I think yeah. brain freeze is a true. useful warning from... A, from uh, that's probably yeah. true. Yep. Okay. I'm going to find out how fast too fast is. <laughs> um, so I look to Skeeta like, I'm going to pattern off of you. Like, fishy see, fishy do. <laughs> Great. Yep. I grab the biggest cup. Because there are stacks of cups, and I proceed to the. Oh, I forgot. You don't wait in line to get your yogurt. You wait in line to pay for it. So we could have just mm -hmm, gotten yogurt. Mm -hmm. Okay, we did it wrong, but it's okay. Maybe there of, was like a toppings. congestion at the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's lots, lots of toppings though for you <gasps> That's to true. Observe. And maybe there was a line at like a popular flavor or something that could happen. Sure. Okay, so um, yes, with that large cup, I then go and look at the different flavors and i think skeeta also uh well you know what it's a fantasy world she can have dairy <laughs> all right. right you can enjoy dairy yeah Your i'll enjoy dairy in this, <laughs> in this fantasy world um yeah so she goes for the chocolate hazelnut Oh, Lisa is definitely living out your dreams right now. I can yes. I can see the glamour exuding off of you right now, Lisa. Yeah, because chocolate <laughs> gives me migraines. So yeah, this is yeah. a double no-no. Yeah. <sighs> uh, um, and then she waits for you to choose a flavor. Okay. Um, I'm going to move for the chocolate hazelnut. Like, how closely do I have to pattern? Like, is this the right answer? And I just motion to all of them. The world is your oyster. Which one's oyster? Um, oh, I, oh, so I unfortunately, uh, all of them were gestured at. So I think <laughs> we get at least five deep pretty quickly. I think we you're, run out of room. You're doing it right. You're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> I what don't is Gera doing? Gera is just kind of like <sighs> looking at all these flavors. She's only been in one of these like a handful of times, so she got to sneak away um, from her family and is just kind of going for all of the chocolate flavors, <sighs> like mm -hmm. all the different variations <laughs> and mixing those all together. My like... own heart. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes, students. Yes, this is great. 
Skeeta is is off to the side, saying this and nodding. You're doing wonderfully, both of you. Thank you. <laughs> I will very primly proceed down the line. <laughs> Just and, uh, follow Gira along. Does the same. Just uh, as as like gracefully as possible, holding this like this. <laughs> Not I started. this pink berry, like, but it's just a chocolate, like, mountain. Like, it's like, yes. it's just it's so much. It's so much frozen <laughs> yogurt. A gummy shark rolls just... down my hand. It did not manage to stay in its container. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, dripping down. It's a total mess. When you get to the counter, the uh, the obviously, like, the young teenage boy who is ringing you all up is just stone faced. He's like, just ringing it up, and he says, "Be uh, fourteen fifty, please." And I pull out a card, and I say, "All of theirs and mine are on me." Types it in, so. takes your card, swipes it. Thank you. He doesn't even look at you as he hands it back. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Thank you so very much, sir. Good day. As we leave, though, if we're heading away from this. Like, is it a teenage, like, boy? Yes, I'm basically describing to you what we typically see is somebody okay. who is working a job they probably do not want to work. They're doing something they probably do not want to do because we are in a capitalist society and is trying to save up money. And for whatever reason, you are once again encountering a mortal who is doing what they've got to do to survive mm -hmm. in a world that's just pushing them to do this, this, and this. And does not care, just goes through the motions of customer service so they can get you away from the counter and go back to mopping. So just stone face, doesn't even make eye contact, takes it, swipes it. Sharp as, as contrast. Gira passes, yeah. As Gira passes and if we're leaving, Gira gestures to him, here lad, and then she pulls something out of her purse and like puts it upon the, the counter. Get yourself something nice, lad. And she like, Walks away. It's the thousand dollar bill, <laughs> just on the counter, and she just walks and joins the other away. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, Is it a gracious. real one? Because those do exist as legal tender. They do. Oh, no. They were just. Wait, did they actually exist? Like, <laughs> did I just continue? Thousand dollar bill. They do exist. They were discontinued, I think, in the early seventies or something. But they they do exist. Yes. Oh, then yes, it's, it's they, they are legal tender. Family they do, they they do exist. Of... Uh, mm -hmm. That <laughs> okay? Uh, or maybe it could ooh. be like you know, um, ten hundred. Me... Hold on, I'm gonna hold on one sec because this is this is amazing because this is gonna this is gonna have an effect. If I had um, this money, I I'm gonna dollars often does. Yeah, I've got to look at your character sheet real quick. Though. Oh, okay. so bear bear with me here. Uh, oh, did you? Where did you send that to me? Did you send that to me in the email? I think you did, right? I did, um, I did, and I should yeah, have put okay. some into. Re I put a bunch of resources. That's what I'm gonna go look at because I want to see yep. how much you just <laughs> like. Oh, I want to see. Wait, okay. I think I needed to put a little more. Oops. I don't but have I wanted, your most um, recent character sheet. Um, yeah. So Ellie doesn't yeah, know this, but you're buying a froyo now. Yeah. <laughs> you can say a hundred dollar bill. That's fine. 
that'll probably because yeah if, if you want to say a thousand you can but we'll need to revisit your we'll need to revisit your like resources rating for the month <laughs> because that is okay. that is a nice chunk of change which you can totally do you could absolutely do that she wanted to but if it's if then it doesn't do make it. sense for my character no she did no, it hey. she's just like here's a thousand mm, bucks i'm not gonna pull that on you if you think it makes sense for your character and you got the resources rating fucking do it adriana she's got the resources Okay, you slap down a thousand dollar bill, which he stares at. Uh, it doesn't register for a few moments. It, it, all he sees is a, a dollar bill that looks fake or doesn't look like a dollar bill he has seen before. And uh, when you walk away from him, he's picked it up and is looking at it, but it doesn't look like doesn't look like it's it's settling in. I'll, I'll go ahead and give this to you, Gita, is that what probably happens next is he goes and asks someone a question, which leads to Google, which leads to, oh, my God. Delayed and then blast which fireball. leads. Yeah, it's it's totally a delayed blast fireball. <laughs> yes. It's going to take about five <laughs> to ten minutes before he realizes he could probably quit the job now. <laughs> but you, a lot of you move outside where there are tables just out front. You can hear gulls overhead. You have the afternoon and a lot of melting yogurt. Um, Gira has uh, just set upon this chocolate mountain, just like eating it kind of unceremoniously. She's kind of forgotten herself, um, but also doesn't care and just is enjoying this. The good vibes, the ocean breeze. <laughs> okay. All right, so this could obviously go any of a zillion ways. So I think the only right thing to do is to roll a D100. <laughs> do it. Leave it to the dice. Let's see what happens. And just see where on zero to adoration I fall with this land dweller food. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh oh. Seven. Oh no. Hundred. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, so Skeeta is uh eating her chocolate hazelnut and then just like look checks in with Guerra and it's like yes, yes, enjoying it. And then checks in with Holly and says, Oh no. Mm -hmm. Oh oh no, you don't like it? They take a spoon and they're really trying. No, no, no. It's okay. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. We can go get some fish. You like fish better, right? I hold up one of the gummy sharks. <laughs> there wasn't a fish. Oh, no. Oops, we went too fast. I think we, we need to ease them into land food. More slowly. Um, yeah. Uh, there's an oyster house over there. Oysters? The, the world is. <laughs> That's right. And there's all sorts of other places you can go if you're not feeling an oyster. Mm-hmm. You have 
have so many different places for food. Yes, we do. They're not all in the same place. No. And you don't go catch them. Well, some people do. But usually we go to the place that someone who caught it and then sold it to a place to prepare it and then sell it to us. It's a lot of interchange of monetary goods. And this is your favorite? Uh, it's one of my favorites. I'm going to take another bite just because she likes it and and try to see what she sees in it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about land. Well, I look at Kiera. Well, I mean, what can we tell them about land? Um, gravity mm -hmm. is more. This is they can know about the little pockets of water across the lands, the little yeah. bowls that hold these uh, yes. unique uh, water worlds. Mm -hmm. You know, the lakes, lakes, or puddles, even. Mm -hmm. Lots of, as well. lots of different receptacles for water. So you're noble. Um, they moved to oh, the I, I language of gossip. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so Gira <laughs> like takes that and just like looks at Skeeta. Oh, I had no idea. Your majesty. And it, like gesturing at Skeeta, just like trying to deflect it as a joke again. We're not supposed to say that I am. Are we not supposed to say that you are? Oh, I'm sorry. I just, yes. I mean, my autumn side is royalty, I guess you could say, but that doesn't matter. Not here. Not us. Well, you, but... I like royalties. I look to Skeeta like, no, I studied for this. They don't have them on this land. <sighs> but the Autumn ones didn't. Oh, no, they're, 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 yeah, they're all over. Um, there's a bunch of different ones from the place I come from. Mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of different rankings, all sorts of different ceremonies, all sorts of different ways to be and ways to appear. And it's scraped <laughs> to some. Yeah, so lakes are great. <laughs> what, what, what did they say? Oh, I, I don't know that they got to a fully formed thought yet. <gasps> and then, like, a, an idea comes across Gira's mind, and she looks at them. Have you ever heard of flying fish? Let me enlighten you. And then, like, Gira just starts talking about these the species of fish that flies you know it seems like they fly across the water in the ocean waves and like start tries to distract them from the topic at hand 
I love that the fish splained. <laughs> oh my god, I just fished my milk. I'm sorry. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh <laughs> Did she know god. about the and like she doesn't understand? Plane. She's just like trying desperately to not talk about her family and everything. I think honestly, Holly loves seeing how land dwellers see fish. Hmm. It's like you see the top of the boat. Mm-hmm. Wait. These are a normal occurrence to you. Of course. Um, so have you ever had one as a pet? <laughs> well, mostly I'm friends with Kit. Um, and then, yeah, who's a rat? Oh, where's where, Kit where is Kit? Uh, Kit is probably under chair. Mm -hmm. I am in this moment having the realization of like, if I want to check if there's like a creature under my chair, so I have Kit legs being your and being can your look. And check very easily. Yeah. Being your chimerical creature, Kit can appear whenever you want them to be there. So if it's it's assumed that when they're not creating mischief or jumping up into your lap, that just like your imaginary friend when you were a kid, all you have to do is look over your shoulder and they're there. So there is a lovely extended hide-and-seek around the chair aside unsuccessfully. Mm -hmm. Attempt to cast Detect Kit. <laughs> <laughs> you're just catching the glimpses of like tufts of fur as you're like trying to find Kit, just as they disappear around a wheel or some such. Dart through the spokes behind your your tail and then just. So, what do you do in when you're not eating? I'm going to try another spoon. Did you try it? <laughs> I'm waiting, waiting for the reaction. Um, I think at this point, the spoons are getting tinier. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> You're using the same yeah. spoon. It's maybe the minimum, like, I just, you need to try little bits of it to get used to it first. Um, But, but what do you do when you don't eat? What's, what do you do? Well, I have my own business. I run an agency, a talent agency. What talents? Well, we have wrestlers, we have gamers, we have extreme sports, we have uh, writers. We have all types of very interesting, unique talented individuals who we represent models actors Skeeta, pardon my interruption did you say something about wrestlers yes how so um people are oh, what, what what is the branch of wrestlers like in your uh, agency oh goodness we have some really great folks well we have uh steuben He's a right now. He's the world champion. 
Mm-hmm. We have, uh-huh. yeah, we have Shoshona. We have Laser Light. Well, well, well. Um, are they around? I mean, I'd love to meet them. I'd love to spar. I mean, do you know, do you have any branches of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or or Judo, perhaps? I'm sure some of them know those things. Are there I could definitely any... arrange for you to meet some of them. I would love to. Oh, goodness. It's been so long since I've sparred. Probably about uh, 40 hours. I'd love to meet oh, them. Wow. And is there any sort of like competitions that you send them off to? I'd love to join that. Do you want to become a professional wrestler? Because I could I totally <laughs> represent you. You are already, I already am. Just send Wait. me to the contest. What? You know, I'd, I'd love to go to a competition. I need to just flex my skills, you know, in this new country. Okay. Are you represented? No, but I just want to go to the competitions, honestly. But I'd love to be considered. I'm your new agent. No question. Sure, just uh, send me in the way of those competitions. I already can have my, you know, my geese uh, sent over for anything. Just set me up with some of that and we are good to go. Amazing. I can't wait for you to meet all the agents. Wow, this is amazing. Yes, I'd I'd much rather meet the wrestlers though, but I will meet the agents as well. Yes. Are you interested in doing some acting work too? Modeling, any other branching out into the entertainment industry? Uh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> just uh, just uh, any of that martial arts stuff, I am so down for. All right then. <sighs> wow, didn't think this would become a business. <gasps> I can write this off now. My accountant person will be very happy with that. They always tell sure. me like, you need to write off these things. What, yeah, but they'll be happy. Okay. Well, thank you. Sorry. I just, it, uh, and then uh, Gara just like looks at both of y'all. Um, I like to fight. Uh, it's just something I've always loved to do. I've been very passionate about. And, uh, you know, there's just not, I don't really have a lot of uh, places I could go to back where I'm from. So now that I'm here, I'd love to finally indulge. It's almost as if the dreaming or just some, whatever it is, it is just a pure twist of fate, Kira, that as you say this, your cell phone begins to buzz. Oh, hold on one sec. And Kira just pulls it up. Mom. You answer the Uh, phone. (laughs) Dorothy. Hello. Yes, Mom. Dorothy, are you there? Yes. Yes, Mom. Um, Where are you right now? I've just called the school. They've told me you're not there. I'm right now. I'm out on an excursion with some of the with some of the fellow students, and they're trying to show me the the grounds. That's oh, so quite lovely. Thank you so much, Mother, for sending me out here. There's a long stretch of silence that for a moment you think maybe you've lost connection and you can hear your mother exhale for a moment. And she says, Dorothy, you know how I feel about you lying to me. I'm calling you because there are no students out on an excursion right now. There's an orientation taking place. And when roll call was made, it was reported to me that you were not there. Oh, 
then they must have taken me in the wrong group or something because I was led outside into the grounds. I, I, there must be multiple groups. There must have been a mistake. I'm so sorry. Roll. <laughs> Roll it. You are lying through your teeth. Uh, so you're going to need to make a manipulation subterfuge roll. Oh, and God. the difficulty on this is going to be eight. The oh. difficulty versus lying to moms is like... You need an eight or better. I'm not getting this. You need oh. an eight or better on D10s to hey, get uh, can this. I, may, I, may I please use um, a point? To lower the difficulty? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to gain an extra die? To lie. Yes. A lie okay. die. All right, yes. Super Punk is giving a lie die. I just Lesky I too. To Thank you so much, Lesky too, for the lie die on behalf of <laughs> Gira. <laughs> God. All right. So y'all are buying God. your way through this trouble. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so add that die and uh make the roll. The difficulty is eight. Oh god. Remember that one <laughs> successes. Did you roll you, success. two successes? You didn't roll any ones? No, I didn't roll any ones. So there's a moment of quiet where it sounds like you can hear the gears turning and there's a hot minute, Gera, where you're not sure if mom is buying it. Um, and then after a moment, she says, you understand why I check in and you don't, you, you know what this means to us. You know why we took the actions that we took, it doesn't bring us any pleasure, darling. And you know that I love you dearly, but it's important to us. And it's important for you that this moves forward the way it does. And I once just want to make sure that you are getting the most out of your time there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I appear to be somewhat overbearing on this issue, but it is important to me that you succeed Of course, Mom, it's fine. I will be fine. I just, I appreciate everything that you're doing to improve <laughs> me. So, yes, uh, appreciated. Uh, I will make sure to be of the utmost, uh, 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 best, my please, best. Yes. Please, please. There's no need to be droll, dear. Let me know if you need anything. I love you. And I love you too. She hangs up as soon as you finish and. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. How are we doing? Are we enjoying our uh, pink berries? <laughs> so you're a student. <sighs> What's cool? Yara like regards both of you all right i i trust you both um and kit here um you should <laughs> my 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 parents may or may not have sent me out to california to attend a very very prestigious it's it's like a school of etiquette, you know. There you go there for for months to years. They put me in for like a year plan. It was oh, mm. not that place. Yeah, they're they're not quite. Look, I, I I do love my mom 
but uh, that said, uh, we have some, we butt heads a bit, um, especially with my father and the rest of my family on how I should conduct myself uh, with family matters and whatnot and what I should be doing with my life and what I should be prioritizing and how I should breathe and how I should drink and eat and all this stuff. And then like at this point, like- I push the chocolate mountain toward you. (laughs) I push your chocolate mountain toward you. Like you need this. But as you do that, Giara's just like gesturing wildly with her hands and she accidentally knocks it out of their hands. (gasps) Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I don't really want to get too into it with my family uh, discussing them right now. Mm. I will just say, to commiserate with you, that place is awful. They invited me to a talent showcase there, and the things they have those students do that they think is talent is just embarrassing and atrocious. You are smart to just leave whatever you did today. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I bet it's just a, you know, it's just a joke, travesty of politeness and etiquette. Um, Wait, so, but, so do they, do your parents know that you're a wrestler? They do, and they really do not want me to pursue that aspect of my life. Are you 18? How old are you? I'm, I'm almost 30. I need to is be uh, thing? settling thing, down pretty soon. Yes. Got it. Okay. I get it yes. now. Oh, I feel really awful that that's your situation. I mean, I mean at first I'm I was like, fine. I, I'm sorry. No, at first I was like, wow, she's royalty. There must be so many shiny baubles and jewels that she's gotten her hands on over the years. And I just kept thinking about the shiny things you must have. You must have so many pretty shiny things that you don't even have to steal. But now I feel like bad. This sucks. No, 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 no. It's I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just frustrating. You know, I'm living quite an easy, privileged life. Like I'm okay. But wait, you know, listen, uh, listen. Even if your life is good in other ways, it can still suck in other ways. It's okay. Yeah. Um. Things have been quite interesting, but. Mm. So you don't want to swim with this school. Swim? Um, oh, school, fish. Oh, no, okay. This school, uh, our schools if are I am to swim different. with this. Hmm? Oh, I was just saying, our schools are a little bit different than what you might yes. be used to, Holly. Well, of course. Uh, I don't know how to swim. This school, if I were to swim with this school, I would lose, I mean, there would probably be some pretty nice people there, but I would start to lose all semblance of who I am. (laughs) And... Like the coldness. Yes. Everybody make a perception alertness roll, please. Oh, no. While you're (laughs) having this conversation. The difficulty is six. Okay. Perception. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right now, Holly's like, school. One, two. Three. Hey, I was working through the vibes. It just, it... I thought I had it there. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. 
How'd we do, Skeeta? How'd we do like zero? Okay. Three, is it a botch six, or is it just zeros? Just a zero. Uh, just a zero. Because okay. I'm only rolling one die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So the uh, so Skeeta, you as as the conversation is happening, the two of you kind of cut you like it's one of those things where it's an engaging conversation, so there's a bit of an overlap as y'all are excitedly talking to each other and correcting the very charming ignorance of this adorable merfolk who you've welcomed into your ranks. Um, as the conversation keeps pushing forward a little bit, and just kind of like it was in the docks, you start to notice that there is a noise that you've, you've been hearing but you haven't been paying attention to, but it starts to finally break through at the conversation as y'all are having it. It sounds like someone is crying like choking sobs um and it doesn't take but a hot moment with your successful roles to look in the direction to see um what looks like a young woman who is sitting on uh one of the park benches of the roundabout that faces out towards the sea um she is probably mid-20s looks very well done up like very pristine and uh like wearing a nice uh set of like slacks she has a button-up shirt she looks like she is dressed very nicely um and she has what looks like a suitcase or bags next to her like she's on a trip or something but she's sitting there uh, her hair is tied back but her makeup is streaking down her face like she's been at this for a few minutes um, and she, her hand is covering her mouth and she's like pulling tissues out of her purse. Like she's trying her hardest not to attract attention. Doesn't not wanting anybody to see what's happening. But what's particularly interesting about this is you're pretty sure you recognize her, Gera. You think you may have seen her at the school a few hours ago at the orientation crowd. She looks like one of the faces that you spotted in the crowd. It's hard to say because you were just kind of scanning, but she does seem to be someone you spotted at least. Yara's gonna approach her. So you stop in mid-conversation and set down your spoon and you see Gitter just get up from the table and begin to like cross the street over in her direction. If you were to swim with the school, <laughs> having and no idea I, what's before happening, I, before I like mm -hmm. you know make my way over there, I mm -hmm. I I let them know I kind of recognize this person. I think they were actually at the school I was at. I'll be right back. Um, hold on one second. Uh, and so Gira is going to make her way over to them. One fishy, fishy, two fishy, fishy, three fishy, fishy, four fishy, fishy, mm. right behind you. <laughs> yes, um, following. Leaving okay, the, three, the three of you approaching this woman who's trying to not be noticed right now. She's crying. She sees you all approaching. And there's a little bit of surprise in her face as she starts to putting her stuff away. Um, and as you seem to be beelining for her, she looks nervously at you all as she's wiping her face. Hey, um... And then it's you see, good. when you say, hey, she, you see that sort of click of recognition, like she may have spotted you too, Gera, because she kind of looks at you for a moment and she goes, I know you, right? Yeah, I, I, I swear we met at the, uh, the Imogen, the, the school just on the way. She exhales 
says, and then like looks away, like rolls her eyes away from you for a moment and says, sorry, I, I have to go. She reaches down and starts getting her bags and says, I, I, I don't belong here. And what are you she puts her bags up and um, looks both ways like she's getting ready to cross the street for a moment. It's just a car pulls by. It's okay. We don't belong here either. Yeah. Where do you want to go? If you're trying to get her to engage and not leave. Yeah. Um, if you're taking point on this, Holly, it's going to be um, a career. Uh, this would probably... Mm, This is probably a manipulation check. So I would say this is a... How do we oh. like trying to catch her eye and catch enough of her attention mm -hmm. to refocus her? What I'm I would... saying it... <laughs> <laughs> Well, just as a straight up role, this is going to be a manipulation empathy role. Jesus. To try, to try to like get her attention to pause for a minute. Oh, she... Of all of the social checks is one of my worst. Not my worst. Uh, one, two, three. Aha! Mark of the Beast. Mark of the Beast roll. Uh, Let's go. Three sixes. Three sixes. Oh. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, she, it's enough, it, it's a, there's enough innocence in your question that it lets her, she lets her guard down for a split second, despite maybe her instincts to just get the hell out of here. This is weird and, and, she really did not want to be talking to anybody. It's enough, though, that she drops her guard for a second to be vulnerable with you, Holly. For whatever reason, you invoke that in her. Just from the way you ask, very like, where where else would you go? Um, she stops and looks at you, and then glances over at you, Dorothy, and just says, um, "I don't know. I'm I'm supposed to be here, and but I'm I don't belong here." I wasn't meant for this school. It's okay to feel that way. That school is awful. <laughs> um, I'm sorry you had to be sent there. Uh, are you going back there? When you say that, I'm just going to let you all know for the rest of the scene, your difficulty to engage with her has dropped by one. As you say, it's awful. She just kind of <sighs> yeah. she uh, wipes her face and she says the dean is awful oh my god oh my god what <laughs> sorry Eric the storyteller just realized that he named that awful dean his his full name it just know. occurred to me his full name is Everett Kane but his title is Dean Kane ah! <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you named him after an actual. Awful no, I just realized I did story. actually. It, yeah. it just like it just come together into just an <laughs> awful name. Um, <laughs> so she just says, "The dean, he's just, he's awful. He said terrible things to me. He just, he was awful to the other students too. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, how do you teach? How are you a dean of a school of etiquette when you're so rude to people?" Well. <sighs> Well, well, my dear, let's just say it's all a show um, from the ground up. Uh, I don't know why you were sent there, but let's just say this place is just 
it's just for show. You learn the basics, sure. You're going to have to navigate a bunch of, uh, mm, I don't know how to put this lightly. <laughs> a bunch of people that are just unsavory and however outwardly that they are, and they're going to teach you how to outwardly also be very proper, but there's nothing wrong with not wanting to be there or, you know, finding somewhere else to be. Um, I ditched that place, you know, hours ago. Uh, seems like you are doing the same thing right now. Um, she's listening to you. You can tell that she is... She's engrossed in what you're saying, and you seem to have her attention. Again, she's let her guard down. And despite the fact that three strangers have just approached her, one who's still kind of familiar, but still somebody she doesn't know, she's done a remarkable job, especially thanks to Holly, staying engaged with the three of you, despite the fact that her instinct is telling her to get the hell out of here. And so she's listening to you and nodding along. And the three of you, I'm going to ask the three of you to make a roll using your kenning skill perception plus kenning please okay yes one two three four five six six successes yeah, because I rolled a 10. I'm, yeah, I rolled one 10, and then everything else was six so, and above, or seven so, and above. You know that 10s don't count as two successes, right? Oh, it doesn't? No, they only count as two successes if you have a specialty. Oh, right. You have a specialty, right. 10s my count bad. as two if you're using the specialty. Otherwise, and I'm not they're just using a success. My, so, yeah. so then I have it's five a, successes on five dice. That's still a phenomenal success. That's like rolling a 20. That's phenomenally wow. well done. So Thank yes, <laughs> I got none. Yeah, no successes. Okay, and I how got did four. you? Four. Okay, so out of five. So Holly is just seriously just like, I want to help. Kind of just like I'm just I'm I'm just as curious as I am concerned. Like what's going on? Totally just not really catching on to what's happening around because it makes sense. Holly is very much sort of just. No context, just vibes. Exactly. Like school, what, whatever. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, Skeeta, as you're sitting here listening, like the two of you very interested in probing to find out like, what is the deal here? Um, you see a mortal who's in distress and is clearly heartbroken and feeling uh, like that crushing sense of depression and worthlessness wash over them. And as they're listening to Gera, you can get a sense that what Gera is saying is starting to slowly open her up a little bit. She's starting to, maybe this person understands what I'm going through. And I'm so happy to hear somebody else say the school is bullshit. Because <laughs> um, you, you get the impression, at least from the conversation as you're talking to her, on some level, Gera, she kind of reminds you of you. She probably doesn't want to be here. Um, I mean, flip side is, is you found a reason to stick around, if nothing else. But for the most part, she probably wasn't, you're, you're getting the impression that it probably wasn't her idea to come to the school. Um, and it's being exasperated by somebody who is apparently being very cruel to her. Um, and as she is saying this, the two of you, having successfully rolled that Kenning check, 
suddenly feel the stirring of glamour around you. And you see a darkness sort of pass over her face for a moment. And she just looks like... I can't be here right now. She just grabs up her bags and runs into the street, almost <gasps> stepping in front of an oncoming car that slams on the brakes and is an inch away from hitting her. Um, the guy in the driver's seat, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she just dashes across the street. Chase, just, chase her. We all chase, um, yes. As you're waiting for the car to pass by to chase, the two of you see stepping out from a shadow, like a living shadow. You both watch as this thing emerges, following in lockstep behind her, tethered to her. Like you just see this tendril of shadow linking it to her. And it changes shape as it steps out. It's almost like Peter Pan's shadow walking out of the shadow of a tree, stepping out into human form. It is it just assumes the exact mannerisms that she has. It kind of shifts down from this bulky, shadowy form into her form. And you watch as it becomes a shadowy version of her, an exact duplicate. Motioning, going through the things fearfully looking around as she kind of tries to make her way out of this place as quickly as possible. Um, with that many successes on your kenning checks, what you see is a chimerical nightmare, a, a, a chimerical being made manifest by the negative emotions, probably brought on by insecurities or doubts or depressions or downright just verbal abuse, whatever it is. It's a manifestation of this darkness that you see, like you're not sure if, she is feeding it or if it is a manifestation from her or where it's coming from, but you can see it just stalking after her stomping and like moving out of the way. And the two of you, you, you Holly are, are just now seeing your friends, like all of this happening in front of you. It's a just explosion of stimuli. So the two of them just suddenly charge across the street, chasing after her. Um, and at that point, you don't see necessarily what they see, but it does look like somebody's following her very closely behind before she starts to vanish into a crowd of people. Um, and two of you are going to charge after her. Yes. Um, you wait till the traffic moves aside. Holly, I'm guessing you're following in turn. Um, may I hopscotch or, the traffic? You can, but be aware you are out in the autumn world. So, if you want to hopscotch the traffic, you can do it. Um, the mists will make sense of what just happened. Mortals will be like, oh, yeah, okay. But because that is, a, that is an art that is calling upon the weird, you have to spend a point of glamour to use it. Okay. No matter what. So you burn a point of glamour to activate that. And then you are going to have to roll against the banality rating of the place around you to activate your fey magic. All right. Um, so, um, what does my chair roll? Well, this is going to be a, this is going to, well, we refer to the arts. Your, your chair isn't necessarily rolling here. This is literally your fey magic propelling you yep. across the way. So, uh, you're using, first of all, you've got to, we got to do a couple of things. You're using the realms that you're trying to do. So you're using this on yourself to hopscotch. So the realms that you are going to use, let me pull open that rad cheat sheet, which is on drive through RPG sponsor us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just like, hey, sponsor us. Uh, so what you're going to do is... Okay, so you are using... 
Uh, this is going to be Fay one. Uh, you would be using, okay, I'm going to say you're using Fay and, oh, you know what? No, this is going to be, you're using this on your chair. So this is going to be prop. I mean, my chair's using it because my chair has treasure rank one in Wayfair. That's, that's true. Oh. oh, your chair's using it. So that you're going to roll the realm prop. What, however many dots you have in prop. Okay. Plus your Wayfair rating. Okay, cool. And the difficulty here, now let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, you can lower the difficulty by default if you are willing to perform a bunk. Um, easy clap. Um, there... So, just to, just to explain what this is for everybody watching at home, um, you can lower the banality rating in an area if you do something silly or, or something inspired or whatever. This is an opportunity for the players to do whatever they want to, to describe how they break through the disbelief or cynicism of the world and make their magic happen. And that could be anything from, I'll give you an example. One of the ways you could lower the banality rating of an area around you by using a bunk. One of the examples given, a loud burp. Another <laughs> one is a spontaneous monologue, photobombing a group picture, uh, burning dollar bill, uh, stuffing a whole cheeseburger into your mouth. These are all bunks that for a split second cause mortals in the area around you to go, what did you just do? Kind of like snaps them out of the malaise that we experience in everyday life. And it causes the banality rating in the area just to drop. Now, the banality rating on all cantrips that you're trying to perform, they start at eight. And that's oh. where we're going to start with this one. So. Uh, we're crossing a street. So I'm going to take hold of the uh, cross button street sign pillar. I'm mm -hmm. going to wind up both myself and my magic by swinging around it, pushing off it the opposite of the yoink that I had to grab Kit earlier. Mm -hmm. um, so push off the side of it so I can get onto one wheel and then hop from that. Okay, I'll say that's a, I'll say, you went into a bit of a descriptor on that, so I'll say that's a, that's sort of like a, <laughs> I like that because that's sort of like a, a stunt maneuver on the chair. So I'm going to say, I'll give that a negative, yeah, I'll say that's a negative one to the bunk, so I'll drop the difficulty down to seven just for that. Cool. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So spend a point of glamour, roll the dice. Uh, one success. One success is all you needed. You barely succeed. You push through. What's, what's curious about this for you, Holly, is this is the first time you've used your magic outside the sea where you can use that, that magic to just launch yourself through, these, through the waves and into the air and touch passing seagulls. What's startling to you is using it here, you feel the banality push back against you. By barely succeeding, you can feel that crushing disbelief of the world trying to swallow that magic and make it not possible, not something that you can do. It pushes back what should have been easy, you barely achieve. And you all watch as Holly bounds literally just across the street in one single go, just <laughs> touching down. And you've cleared half the distance easy as you launch yourself and are now at the point uh, just behind her. You're not going to lose her into the crowd now because of this. The mists 
that mortals walk through every single day, unaware of the dreaming that's happening around them, they just don't turn and look at Holly. Just doesn't occur to them. Or their minds rationalize it, and they see somebody just in time, turning to look just in time, as they see a cheer user just kind of bop down onto the curb like they just ramped up onto the curb. And they don't think much of it for more than a second. And they continue about their day, unaware that something miraculous just happened right in front of them. So, Holly, you now have point. You see her charging off into the crowd with this chimerical, nightmarish creature of... of agony just stalking behind her shape-shifted into her form and you can hear uh your two motley mates right behind you coming up on i'm going to chase and uh make a make a window make a window mm -hmm. you know they give too much room <laughs> okay um, so that, uh, my, my motley mates can have eyes on me and a, a clear path through so we can all chase together. So you Sam DeLev through the crowd? I mean, excuse me, please. Holly it, is not as it. aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I think Holly's a little nicer than I am. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you do what you gotta do. Get the hell out of the way, bipeds. Um, but they also have their own making themselves known in a space. I think they have a certain level of entitlement to space okay. that is taught by not having sidewalks in the ocean. With with Holly taking point on this, two things. First of all, you can you can clearly see Holly taking point because their tail is just visible to the to the two of you just plainly. You can see their glittering scales underneath the afternoon sun as they're pushing through the crowd. Holly is basically parting the sea. You're able to keep up and follow after them as well as this woman that has just charged through the crowd. Um, you can tell she is completely distraught. And the two of you, with that incredible amount of successes on the uh, on that role, you you get a sense that she is not fully conscious of what she is doing. She is under the influence of glamour, almost like magic has taken hold of her. The dreaming, this darker aspect of this nightmarish chimerical creature of the dreaming has hold of her. Um, and you can feel the negative emotions swirling around her, self-loathing and doubt. This Dean was right about her. Um, you see she's wiping her face and... Holly, as you're getting close to her, this thing that's behind her, you can see she is once again about to walk right out into oncoming traffic, unaware of what she's doing. And the world around her is oblivious. Just another crying person. Nobody pays any attention. Um, you are within reach of the shadowy form. And at that point... Gera is Gera, your other two motley mates will have caught up to you because it's literally her about to step off the curb into what looks like oncoming traffic as people are uh, she's heading towards a big crosswalk. Do either me or Gera know from our kenning role how to get rid of this thing, or even just innately sense how to get rid no, of? No, that would be I a know gray mare role. Gray mare. I'd love to roll gray mare if I, if if, if you have if you have a gray mare rating or if you want to try to make it. So kidding, kidding is like your changeling eyes, like your ability to sense and see glamour at work or the or the dreaming in play. Gray mare is like your lore, your knowledge of the dreaming, like ancient spells and legends and stuff like that. Yeah. So go ahead and make your gray mare check if you got it. Okay. 
one, two, um, three. And then what else? Just gray mare or anything with it? Uh, it's intelligence of gray mare. All right. That just gives me one more. Here we go. No ones, please. No ones. No ones. I have one, two, three successes. Oh, damn. Um, I'm on fire tonight. This, it's impossible to tell whether she's created this thing or this thing is just feeding on her. Nightmare Chimera typically feed on mortals who are, uh, it, it's like an, it's just like an evil leech that kind of latches on to a mortal who is, if, if you are depressed or something, uh, it comes in and makes it worse by feeding on it. And it just kind of creates Ugh. this <laughs> downward spiral. Um, it's too real. Oof. I mean, it's yes. And it, and it typically, typically it is by our own make and it's so hard to break free from. You can see that this thing, this thing is latched onto her like umbil like an umbilical cord attached, like a tendril of shadow. You do notice though, that in this rare instance, it seems to be perfectly mirrored lockstep with her. It's possible that if you grab the thing, she'll respond. Okay. I'd love to dive for it and try to tackle it or something. I, th I think it's fair to say that all three of you are about to try this, correct? Because I uh, think, yes. what are you going to do, Holly? Because you, you, Holly, you were there first because you I'm used that art. I'm the closest and mm -hmm. she's about to step out into traffic. Um, I'm always faster. I want to get out into traffic first and be big and extremely visible and flashy and get the, get them to break. I know. I know. Okay. So this is all happening all at once. Okay. All right. Here's what's going to happen. In that brief, precious moment, both you, Skeeta, and Gera see it. You're reaching out. Your hand is reaching, about to make contact before you make this roll to find out if you're able to grab this thing. Gera, you are right on top with the same instinct to try to grab hold of whatever, and the two of your breath, the breath catching your throat as you see this newly charged friend of yours, a member of the Motley, the one that has been put into the care of this Motley by the Baron, a noble from under oh. the waves as they push past roll at incredible speed, just right past her, into oncoming traffic and get big and loud just as you see one of these large trucks a ups truck slam on the brakes and that is where we are going to eric? pause eric tonight's game i will kill you eric i kill oh you my. eric are you I knew it. I knew it. I was like, at any moment. Sam did this to you. <laughs> no, no, you Sam, did. Sam, Sam called upon nightmare for all of you. <laughs> um, that is where we're going to leave tonight's game. Um, this has been the second chapter of the Barony of Olives. Thank you for joining this evening as we dive deeper into the dreaming, as the story begins to unfold, as more things are starting to come into play. Now all of the pieces are on the board and we've met our motley. Join us next week for chapter three. Thank you so much, dreamers, for joining us again. Sweet dreams. <laughs>